You know, Ryan, I had such an awesome surprise last week when you came rolling into my place of established <laughs> business and presented me with a Foo Fighters on vinyl. That was such a cool moment. Well, that was happy birthday, man. Yeah, man. How I wanna, could I not? I want to bring all the reasonables in on that. Last Monday was my birthday. I turned 44. Not afraid, mm. not afraid to admit that age. Turned 44. And you were here in Arizona over the uh, July 4th weekend. So that's why we didn't have a show uh, up right. until now, right? Uh, yeah. so for the July well, 4th. Perfect time, almost perfect timing, but yeah. Yeah, right? <laughs> I guess we could have done one when we were here, but that would have been stupid. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> look, we don't, we don't, I don't record shows with you in the same city. No, no, <laughs> that's a whole, that's a, no. yeah, that's in our contract. That's in our business. That's, agreement. that's a contract that I have with Rex that I can only record with him <laughs> in studio and he will get Excuse- really prickly, uh, <laughs> if there's a breach or a sense of a breach. No, but you were here. Uh, exclusivity. Yeah, right. You were here, uh, you know, visiting your, your mom-in-law uh, and, you know, we were, the shut up dog gang was able to get together for some very, um, how shall we put it? Weak adult beverages. We had some to water. Re- <laughs> yeah, we had to request tasty water. We had to request more adult and our adult beverages. Good grief. Yeah, right. Uh, but man, it was cool seeing you here, dude. It was uh, it was great. We man, we were a thirsty lion for what? It felt like um, damn near almost three hours, man. Now it was, it was up there, man. It was it was a few hours for sure. But to be again, to be fair, it's been um, two years and a month, I guess, since uh, since we all last, last high fived. So it is for sure a good chance for, you know, ever the business venture started up, uh, you know, with all of us, with you, you know, with uh, you and Rex and then uh, you and I kind of kicking all this on and getting going. So and it all happened after I moved. So, yeah. Yeah, excuse me. I was getting a, a drink of cool, cool water. Mm. Yeah, so it was super cool. And then uh, you yeah. surprised me again uh, a couple of days later by showing up with a little birthday gift. Foo Fighters yeah, debut album on vinyl. It was the most convenient present I could buy. I'll put it that way. It was a very cool present, man. In, uh, <laughs> in luscious 180 gram vinyl, nice heavy vinyl. The, the weight of the vinyl doesn't really affect the sound. It's just, it feels better in the hand. Is that? Oh yeah. Well, when you put it down, you know, it's a record. <sighs> you don't think it affects the sound. You don't think if you put like a, no. like a hundred gram vinyl down, it'll sound different. Cause well, I feel like it might, you know, here we go. Let's take everyone to, to music town. Cause we, t- <laughs> we talked about some band stuff last week that everyone liked which was very cool. I know we got, I got a good, I got a man. I got a string of text messages from Ronnie. I think that two nights ago and he was just like, he was telling me about all the concerts he's been to and seeing, uh, you two and seeing Alice in Chains and live with Lane Staley and oh man, seeing would have been fantastic. Kiss is one of his favorite bands too. So I was like, dude, John, I mean, you need to. I almost gave him your number. I was just like, you need to talk to John. You should have you and John. You and John can get get into a well, Kiss conversation. Get, oh hell, hell yeah, we will. <laughs> Hang on, I gotta adjust my headphone. I just lost audio on the left side. There we go. Oh, uh, yeah. Funny. So uh, yeah, 180 gram vinyl versus like. So this is what happened. All right, let's take everyone to vinyl school here real quick is that um when the music industry really like boomed in sales uh and we're talking like you know late 70s from about 76 to 83 was when vinyl because you know vinyl has been around for for forever uh but it was between 76 and 83 that it just really like just 
boom, like took off. And, yeah. you know, there's a number of reasons for that. Tower Records was, you know, a huge, huge reason for the insane just growth in music. And also, I mean, that was, you know, an era where there was just really some great music. You know, I mean, whether you liked rock, whether you liked early metal, you know, British you know, punk, American punk, disco was making its way in. People were just buying music, man. And, you know, I mean, it was just, uh, if you're yeah. a music fan, it was a great time to be around. And I think it's a great time to be around if you like music, no matter what. But anyway, uh, you know, vinyl 33 vinyl, uh, initially was pressed onto some heavier vinyl. Uh, but as demand became more and more, uh, prevalent, they started using a lighter weight vinyl because you could press more quicker and get them out quicker. Okay. Yeah, sure. That makes sense. Yeah. And you know, it's very easy to tell the difference. I mean, I've got, you know, you know, several countless vinyl albums that were either original pressings or, you know, they were, you know, reissues, you know, like, like an album comes out in like 77 and, you know, maybe, you know, the one I have was actually purchased in say like 78 or 79, uh, that are that thinner style. And by thin, Mm -hmm. I mean, you pick them up and they, they don't feel very heavy. Uh, they're, they're not, you don't want to go smacking your vinyl around. Uh, anyway, I mean, vinyl can take a couple of hits before it, you know, <laughs> falls apart. Starts, I don't recommend yeah, it starts breaking. Yeah. I don't really recommend that you try it out, you know, uh, but it, it can take a couple of drops and, you know, unlike, uh, you know, some misconceptions, you can actually set, you know, like vinyl down, you know, like on carpet or, you know, um, lean it up against something. You, you, as long as it's not getting a, you know, abrasions, you know, on the, on the, on the vinyl, I'm just kind of tripping okay. all over my words here. <laughs> sorry. So anyway, when 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 vinyl kind of started to make like this quote unquote resurgency, which I always love reading about, because you know never really went away, but you know it started becoming more popular, and it be, it was starting to become number one, very difficult to track down, you know, older albums on vinyl that were in decent shape. Right. I mean, you can, okay. you, you can roll into your local record store. Like I, I like to go to Zia's here uh, in Arizona and there, there's a couple of others like, you know, half price books and places like that that have, you know, really great selection of used vinyl. But Zia has a great selection of both new and used music. Yes. People still buy music in physical format. I know it's shocking. And, uh, as demand well, started, that sounds stupid. That sounds stupid. Joe. It's a waste of everyone's time. And it's so, a waste of money. It's a waste of time. I can get it digitally. Like why yeah, in the right? world would I want to, hey, you know, and like Rex and I know, say, man, spend you know, money on a, on a vinyl, you spent yeah. money on turntable and Ugh, listen to music what a, now, but a moron, you know, and Good like grief. Rex and I say on saucy riffs, man, dude, we are <laughs> lovers of music and, and however you like to, you know, devour your music, you know, we're not snobs, you know, digital streaming. We, all of us, we subscribe to various streaming services. Sure. Uh, there's just a certain tangible aspect of, of music uh, yeah. with vinyl and CD that I still definitely enjoy, though, you know, um, it sometimes for convenience sake, it's a heck of a lot easier just to pull up that album on Apple Music and on my iPhone or iPad and just let her rip. And yeah, so, right. yeah, sometimes the convenience is just too difficult to, to pass up. So anyway, um, <laughs> you're not hauling that, uh, that turntable into work and no. settling down yeah. over, over lunch break. <laughs> yeah. It's not very portable <laughs> by any means. <laughs> Never mind me. I'm just setting up over here for some music listening. So, uh, <laughs> as albums started to, you know, become harder and harder to find in, in a nice shape, right? 
uh, many record album or record labels are like reissuing bands who are in control yeah. of their own music began, began reissuing. And this time they were pressing onto what's called 180 gram vinyl, uh, which is just a heavier vinyl. It feels better in the hand. It's more durable. It's more tangible. Sure. And I think, and I believe that's the reason why, because one of the compelling reasons for uh, vinyl collectors like myself pursue vinyl i don't like to get into the argument of it sounds better i think that's extremely subjective though you cannot argue the science that analog is the least compressed form of music whether you're buying on cd or you buy through say itunes amazon or whatever or you stream that is compressed. A CD is compressed. Sure. Vinyl is not as compressed as a CD. Vinyl is as close to the original source. The, the, the best way to listen to uncompressed music is hear it live. Okay, that is not compressed. The second best is through the master audio tape, which nobody will ever get their hands on unless you've got, you know, a couple hundred grand and then the equipment just to, to listen buy to the it. audio tape just to and buy then, the master tape right good luck getting your hands on that exists yeah, one right. of those exists so <laughs> yeah, yeah the other day copy, i picked but, up yeah. yeah i picked up abbey road the master tape yeah no you didn't <laughs> yeah no you didn't <laughs> no you didn't no. besides you're not running that and that's just like and so that's the thing that a lot of people don't understand those those tapes are essentially big cassette tapes that's how they kind of if you want to wrap your head around it they work magnetically. Oh, they're mammoth. So they're mammoth reel-to-reel tapes. Yeah, there's, well, the 32-track or 24-track you can get, and those are about two inches wide. And so the master tracks are usually about two tracks wide, but they're, they're um, about an inch or a half inch. So that's how big that tape strand is. And it, you know, goes from reel, one reel to root to another reel, reel to reel. Yep. And they Old cycle school, through man. a magnetic, they rub against a magnetic um, a receiver, I guess, would be the best way I could describe that. Once they rub past that receiver, you can imagine. All right, so coming back, we have a uh, real throat. So, so it brushes past, like I was mentioning, it brushes past this little head. And uh, as it brushes past the head, obviously, it picks up on the, all the magnetic tracks and how it recorded in the first place but it rubs against that magnetic head and eventually it will no longer, it will rub off is essentially it's kind of what happens. That material will actually disintegrate and start rubbing off. So to play like a master track or anything like that for a long period of time, like cassettes, they used to wear out. You get, you know, everybody that oh, listened yeah. to cassettes, they would warble and oh, stretch and <laughs> Dude, crazy. Yeah, man, dude, my, my music history is littered with the carcasses of used cassettes, man. <laughs> so, so yeah, so that's where I, you know, that's my two bits about, about trap listening to magnetic tape. Um, while the, it is closest to the original recordings because it's literally just audio translated into magnetism. Um, and there's no digital conversion. It's just magnets. Uh, and magnetism. So, and well, like and you mentioned before, like the compression, the digital compression is much more harsh when it comes to uh, CDs and, and, and streaming. Well, and that's why those master tapes are not played very often. I mean, especially, you know, once you start like digging back into, oh, yeah, you know, the 60s, the 50s. They were, they were played, yeah. they were played, usually played to record a 
a set disc or a, something set like another master, essentially like a second master, a copy. And then that copy was used to create the vinyls. Yeah. So in other words, we have been listening to compressed music since music became tangible in our hands. Oh, so yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. So that, that's why I always kind of laugh when people are like, Oh, I don't listen to MP3 It's because of the compression. I only listen to CDs. It's like, well, you're listening to compressed music, homie. I mean, I don't know what you're, you know, yeah. you can, you can get, mp3s at better well maybe not mp3s technically but you can get digital audio at better quality than you can at cds yeah like so that's what's kind of more interesting so yeah yeah or you know so yeah yeah so you know like the whole thing with vinyl for me is you know it's not you know like i say it sounds better i i do you know you are going to pick up certain things uh in an analog recording if you have Mm -hmm. you know decent equipment and not to impugn anyone who maybe has like a little crossley turntable, you know, that you picked yeah, up at, at, at Target, you know, for 90 bucks. I mean, those are, those are great. Those are a great way to, you know, either reintroduce yourself into vinyl or, yeah. or maybe you just kind of want, you, you like the novelty of vinyl, you know, Hey, that's, that's great. Yeah. I, I will tell you though, you're, you're not going to get a, a vinyl experience. And the downside to vinyl is it, you know, to get a good vinyl experience, you do have to pay, you know, some money to get there. And and that's the reason why digital, uh, and especially when CDs hit, you know, in 81, 83, that they became so much, you know, quote unquote better is that over time, CD players became less and less expensive, but yet the quality of the yeah. sound uh, either remain the same or it got better where with turntables it's pretty much a either it's terrible uh, or awesome you know i mean there's, gotcha. there's just like yeah <laughs> yeah and, and so uh, and there's not a whole lot of new innovation happening in turntables because there's not really a whole lot you can work with right i mean it's either you know i mean there's different needles and things like that they can you know pick up on heavier bass and stuff but sure again it all comes down to i mean if, if you really want to have a, a vinyl experience what i mean by a vinyl experience is you know um you're going to, because our ears are analog in nature, there are certain things you will be able to pick up in an analog, Mm -hmm, straight mm -hmm. analog recording that digital either removes. uh, And that's one of the downsides to digital is it either removes it or compresses it down. And the biggest thing that you hear is drums, especially snares and cymbals Mm -hmm. sound much more natural uh, on vinyl than they do on CD and CDs in both CD and vinyl much more natural than in a compressed MP3 or AAC. Now MP3 and AAC have gotten better uh, over time because the technology has moved forward still though. You know, I I like to use hotel California is a, is a great example, you know, towards the end of that song, you know, uh, Don Henley's hitting those cymbals really, really nice. And in a very crisp and quick fashion, and when you hear it on vinyl on a nice setup, you feel it. You're like, ooh, nice, nice, <laughs> nice cymbal hit. I mean, it doesn't like rattle your fillings or anything like that. Yeah, sure. But it's just that crisp, like, you know, just like, man, oh, he's yeah, hitting man. that. Yeah, you know, that you get with CD diminished. But then, you know, I also have a digitally. And when I listen to a digitally, even though I have, you know, some really great speakers connected to my MacBook. Man, it just doesn't sound the same. I mean, you just because well, yeah, you know, it's information that's been removed. And mm. if you if you're having trouble, like sometimes if you're having trouble, if people have trouble 
making that analogy work in their head. It's like, well, I don't really understand like information being removed from the music. Think about uh, a picture, you know, that you download off of the internet and you'll download a 1080p resolution that you can put as your wallpaper and it's bright and it's clear and it's crisp and you've got it stretched out there and it looks great. And instead of doing that, you pull an image that's probably 600 pixels by 600 pixels and it's just blocky and blurry and it doesn't seem like it, you can tell what it is, but man, it just is not clear. It's almost out of focus. You got to work um, at it. You got to work yeah. at it, right? You're trying to yeah. adjust it and figure out the right well, place just, to put it. And yeah, it's just the, but it's just the size of the photo. There's no expanding it. There's no clearing it up. It's literally in for the only the information that's there. So um, a lot of times if you're having trouble like understanding that digital to our analog to digital conversion with audio. That picture thing is almost the exact same idea. And that's digital photos have come a long way. You know, used to pay. I'm, I remember paying $500 for a five megapixel camera, five megapixels, um, 500 bucks for that camera. And I thought it was top dog and it Dude, was man for the time. And it looked right? great. And now we have awesome. iPhones that are shooting in like 4k video. 12. Yeah, yeah. there's yeah. iPhones that are shooting 4k video. So, well, all right. <laughs> Great, thanks. Yeah, technology thanks, always thanks moving forward. Previous me, yeah. good, good work, good Ryan. Work, you were such Ryan. an idiot. You were such an idiot. If you had just waited fifteen years, you if could only have. had waited fifteen years. <laughs> I could have look where I'd be now. Uh, but yeah, so that's a. Uh, yeah, both both of those you know, both of those analogies may may help you out if you're kind of not really understanding what that is. Well, dude, anytime you, to, yeah. any, you know, anytime someone hands me a vinyl album or they want to start winding my clock talking about vinyl, dude, I can go all day, dude. It's oh, yeah. uh, it, it's a passion point with me. I really enjoy it, and yeah, buddy. I think well, I'm the glad thing you like the did you like the 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 uh, Foo Fighters album sound really good or uh, no? It sounded I would, like I would hope it did. No, it sounded terrible. <laughs> it was garbage. No. It was just garbage. <laughs> it was awful. Straight <laughs> straight garbage rank amateurs no uh you know it's interesting because you know this was their debut album just foo fighters uh you can definitely it, tell that's a just band. dave grohl yeah it, yeah but since it was almost a dave grohl solo album pretty well, it much was. it was yeah. he played everything on that album play, that and, was him one, it and was it him is very himself. very much a debut album uh and now don't don't read into this Okay, people don't go like, oh my God, he doesn't like the Foo Fighters. Get him. I love the Foo Fighters. Okay, we established that last episode. John loves the Foo Fighters. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's a very raw album, and that's what I like about it. Uh, mm. And those type of albums that are raw in that it's, you know, it's the first album. It's a debut album. Here you've got Dave Grohl, the former drummer of Nirvana. What do I do now? You know, my man, that band's gone, right? Right, um, yeah. No, no reunion for Nirvana. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's not going to happen. <laughs> and so you have this incredibly talented musician that we only got to see do one thing with Nirvana, and that was, you know, hit the skins. And he was fantastic at it. Uh, but we didn't know he could sing. We didn't know he could play guitar. We didn't know he could play bass. We didn't know that he was such a huge metalhead. Dave Grohl is a metalhead. 
Dave Grohl oh, is just yeah. a fan of music. I mean, he just loves music. Oh, yeah. And yeah. so when I say that it sounds raw, I mean that in the most positive sense. And that's what I loved about it hmm. is that it sounded like an album that was made for vinyl. It was raw. It was I, I'm not really sure what I'm doing. I don't know if this is going to make it or not, but this is this is me. This is Dave Grohl. This is the Foo Fighters, and here we are. And you listen to this first album, and you're just like, okay, all right, very cool, very cool. And then you just you go and listen to the subsequent albums that came after that, and you're like, wow, man. I mean, he just laid such an awesome foundation with that first album. Yeah. Um, thoroughly enjoyed listening to it on vinyl. I have it digitally. Uh, enjoyed listening to it digitally as well too, but man, dropping the needle on that, that was, you know, Dave Grohl's a, he's a vinyl guy. He's him and Jack White together are like really big, mm-hmm. even oh, yeah. James Hetfield, you know, something like, yeah, the corporate metal with Metallica, the Nickelback oh, yeah. of, of metal, Ryan. Uh, look, we're not going to talk about that on this show. No, I will, not, more, not I will guest spot on saucy <laughs> riffs for sure. And I will, I will be more will defend that. There. Oh, I love you, man. <laughs> but, uh, you know, James Hetfield, a, a big vinyl guy. And so, you know, uh, yeah, man, it was just really cool listening to that uh, on vinyl uh, in in just this raw, you know, again, when I say raw, just like it's because it was the first album, you know, yeah, wasn't as refined as the ones that came after it. And that's totally cool. I mean, that's what makes albums like Kill 'Em All uh, so appealing. It's like, dude, these guys are just like, OK, here we go. We're Metallica. Yeah. Here's the four horsemen, you know, know, hope hope you like it, you know? So yeah, man, I loved it. Uh, whole family sat and listened to it yesterday. It was very cool, man. We turned the, turned the TV off and turned the turntable on and just played some Foo Fighters. Dude, that's rock and roll, man. It was rock and roll, man. I loved it. I loved it. Dude, I had, well, I had a blast, uh, like, you know, like we talked about earlier, I took a vacation and, uh, Lauren and I got in the truck and, uh, drove, the 15 hours it is from Austin to Phoenix. And, um, it was great, man. We, uh, taking that time off really made, um, I don't know, man, it was really refreshing, uh, to have, uh, to have just some time off to spend with family and, um, that we haven't seen that I haven't seen for a couple of years also. So, uh, seeing niece and nephew and stuff like that. Um, I tell you though, this weekend when we, you know, after we got back, I, uh, Came back home, rested for two days, and then uh, went into Houston, where I visited my folks and got to see them. And uh, I was helping; we were helping them kind of clean out their garage. And my dad, uh, he's like, "Hey, do you need you need power tools by any chance?" I'm like, "Well, yeah." He's like, "Well, I got a pressure washer you can you can use. I'm not using it. It's, in, it's at your uncle's." I said, "Okay." So we went over there to my uncle's house. We got this pressure washer. And then he's, and then he starts pulling out like a table saw, a 10 inch table, which is a 10 inch blade and a table saw and then a miter saw. And, and, and I know this sounds kind of like bringing this up out of nowhere. This is stuff I've been wanting for since I moved into this house and since before I moved into this house. These are the things that I've been like waiting to have the table saw, miter saw, reciprocating saw, uh, dude, an angle grinder and uh, an ankle grinder an ankle grinder <laughs> angle grinder teach uh, those ankles a lesson <laughs> i'm gonna get them <laughs> well you know sometimes your angle and your ankles get a little wiry so you can knock them down a little bit gotta grind them down a little bit get them down, down to the, a little bit get them down to the nubbins 
you know, just it helps. It's for health, for your health. Um, <laughs> nice. So, uh, but dude, I got uh, got my sander out yesterday and got my. They gave me my grandmother's table. She's long since passed, and um, so I was able to sand that down. And man, I just. Uh, woodworking is something that I've wanted to do for a really long time, but I've never had the means to do it. Uh, cause you know, I can't afford any of the tools that it takes to actually work with wood. <laughs> all that stuff's super expensive. Um, so I just got like this treasure chest of, of power tools that I can use to create. And so I'm, I'm dude, I'm like, I'm itching. I've got, I'm like really excited about this thing. Yeah, dude, that, that's awesome, man. I mean, uh, you know, I, I texted you and I was like, yeah, I wouldn't know what to do with any of that. And I legitimately, legitimately mean that I <laughs> envious of people who can take ankle grinders and elbow saws and, uh, what else did you have in there? Um, <laughs> Uh, te- teeth sharpeners and all this <laughs> other go. stuff. Yeah, teeth sharpeners. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and and be able to like make a table. That's uh, that's fantastic. Uh, wood shop, man, dude. I don't know how I made it out of that class. I really don't. Yeah, so man, dude, I- I'm happy for you. I and and I meant it when I said, dude, I wouldn't even know what to. I'd be looking at, <laughs> I told, so I'd, I'd be looking at that stuff, going, <laughs> "What's my next step?" I mean, it just like okay. Uh, dude my hat literally goes off to people who can look at that stuff and like instantly like start planning like dining room tables and desk chairs and i'm just like how much can i get for this if i sell it i mean (laughs) i know someone could use it right so i've got two projects that i'm going to start off i'm going to try to make a coffee table that's my first project i really want to try to make a coffee table um but my technically my first project is building my workbench um so that's what's kind of interesting is that I haven't been able to have the tools to build the workbench, but you got to work on the workbench to build anything. So uh, it's kind of like chicken and the egg thing, <laughs> which comes first. Uh, so with this, with everything I've got, man, I can knock this out in a weekend. So I'm really excited to, man, I'm just excited to get started. Yeah, on man, it. that's really cool. Dude. I'm thrilled. I, mean, just I the, can't the, wait to just build stuff. The, the thought of like measuring and, and like drawing up blueprints <laughs> makes me so anxious. I mean, just like, <laughs> math like get me away from this <laughs> ridiculous but oh, dude, that's man. very cool man hey uh as we you know moving on from this week in vinyl and woodworking um <laughs> which is too, do you have any nutrition tips this week John? no, no well. i don't we no, might I don't as because well my, my no carbing went out the window so the 15 pounds i lost i found six of them uh oh, so man. well i'll tell you uh, we're both back i can tell you that because mm-hmm. i did the same thing i i went on vac- we went on vacation and uh, I was with you, man. I was you saw me snacking on a burger, so and that oh, was dude, probably we the just, first well, burger. We were drinking beer and eating burgers and fries, <laughs> and yeah man. yeah, man, not exactly the the no carb menu. So I woke up that next day, and I just I say mm-hmm. this though. Here's what's kind of interesting. I uh, you know since I kind of let loose the diet a little bit while I was on vacation, I tell you, I woke up feeling like garbage. Uh, those next few days and uh, come to find out, I realized that I had been waking up and feeling like that for two, um, you know, two and a half years. I've felt like that forever. Yeah. And you just felt that was normal. Uh, you know, it could have been five years, 10 years. I don't know, but yeah, it was this just, is, I, this is just the way, way I'm I supposed felt. to feel. I'm supposed to just wake up in the morning and just right. feel like, you know, we need, we need like just Christian Bale sick. We need, we need the Christian Bale Batman going garbage, garbage, garbage. who kills for kills for money. 
We can't do it on this <laughs> microphone, but yeah. Uh, no, you're but right, no, dude, because I mean, you yeah, just feel man. like that. Well, I, I guess this is just how I'm supposed to feel when I wake up, right? I just that's feel what like, I thought. I honestly thought that. I just thought uh, I just feel bad in the morning, and that's just morning. That's just morning, Ryan. Yeah, I just got to um, shake it off, you know. Yeah, I'll, I'll I get drink it, five yeah. gallons of coffee with sugar and cream, and then I'll feel better later. <laughs> like, you know, like that's the idea. Would you like uh, some coffee to, with your sugar, sir? Yeah, yeah. Come to find out, uh, you know, if you... I was eating after I got back to eating right. And today was like day one of lockdown of like, just nope. Everything is like real strict today. And this meat. week will be real strict. Give me meat. Yeah. Right. Which is, yeah, that's tough. That's a tough diet, by the way. Like eat, just give eat, me meat, eat, eat, a, eat a bunch of meat. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> that's tough. Um, but I tell you, like after, after understanding how I felt before, uh, before kind of breaking my diet and then kind of coming back to it, dude, that it's not worth it, man. Like understanding what that felt like, like I had a break, I had kind of fun and I ate whatever I wanted to and good Lord, I paid for it. And I was like, I'm done. I'm done with that mess. Yeah, like man. I do not want to feel like that anymore. You, you danced with the devil. Now you got to pay, you know I mean? That's just the way it goes. I'm not going to feel like that anymore, man. So no, I'm, I'm with I'm, you, brother. I'm, I'm excited to be back and, and be back and you know, it just, it's not, I hate to say diet because um, as much as it's a diet, it's just, it's not. And so no, I changed the way my eat. I just changed my eating habits. And that, so that's what it's all about. And, and slowly, you but surely things will happen. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. And you know, it, sometimes you get a little tempted here and there, but as you hold out and if you have a day where you just like, you know what, I'm going to eat a bag of chips or I'm going to have it's donut you know, a day. sandwich or it's donut day. Like make one day like that for me. And that dude like satisfies the craving. I'm done. I'm good for another week and a half. Yep. Which is yep. essentially what every person that on is on a diet nutritionist will tell you. Um, we, I just finally have a personal experience where I can go. Yeah, that's actually true. Oh it, yeah. It, I mean, it, it's insanely true, man. I mean, it yeah. is insanely true. Anyways, All right, man. So let's, there's uh, nutrition. So we covered it. Yeah. We got we go. music. We got woodworking yeah. and we got nutrition. nutrition. Yeah. Everyone's now like, oh, we can shoot, talk man, 30 minutes worried. later. Let's talk some comic books. I was worried they weren't going to talk about it. Yeah, dude, let's talk about some comic books, man. Let's, uh, before we jump into, I'm sure what everybody is waiting for, um, oh, let's, man. let's go yeah. ahead and give the disclaimer. Now, Ryan and I both saw Spider-Man homecoming this weekend. Uh, sure I think did. you saw it Friday night. Is that right? I saw it uh, well, we're Saturday night. Let's tell Saturday people when night. we're recording. We're recording July 10th, so you'll get yeah. this in a couple of days. Okay, so again, we want to put everyone in a time frame. So I'm like, well, these guys were a week late getting to it. Uh, yeah, so you saw it Friday night, open Saturday night. night. Saturday night. Saturday night. Uh, I saw it Sunday morning. And saw so, it at an Alamo, too. I didn't make the mistake I've been making for the past, like, three <laughs> three movies. I saw it at an Alamo. I'll tell you, man. I wish I could do the Alamo, but it is a 32-mile uh, haul to get yeah, buddy, to. that's a drive, yeah. man. Well, hopefully so, they build some more out there. What's that? I'm hoping they build some more out where you're at. No, dude. Harkins has that foothold out here, man. Uh, they just... Well, they might, anyway. Yeah, who knows? Anyway. Competition is competition. That's what that's what we need. So anyway, uh, we're going to move into some homecoming stuff here uh, in just a few uh, minutes. So we want to give you guys advance warning. If you have not seen it, because we know it's still really, really new. It's only, it hasn't even been out a week. Super fresh. They're super fresh. There are going to be spoilers. Okay. So if you have not seen it, uh, you can listen to us while we, you know, herp and derp until we get to it. But then if you, if you, if you don't mind spoilers, okay, then you know keep listening. Cool. Uh, if All you right. don't, if you if you're like, hey, dudes, 
just hit that pause button and come join us again after you see it. All right. So there's your disclaimer. Uh, That's all you get. Yeah. So just so kind of jumping into just some uh, kind of basic comic book news. You know, it, it's been kind of quiet, I, I would say. Uh, Ryan, you and I are going to, I think, you know, a good place to start would be the incredibly just absolutely awe-inspiring, just <laughs> choking back the tears, the emotion, the impact the drive for just absolute quality that was on display uh, with the Inhumans trailer was just, <laughs> I, I, think, I, I had to watch it twice just because. Well, you I, cringed your, you, your eyes were shut from the first, right? <laughs> what the heck? Yeah. If you guys haven't figured out the sarcasm is in like full tilt boogie. Ryan, we, we, you know, we, we can't dance around this. I mean, you know, that, that Inhumans trailer, I know we're a little bit late getting to it, folks. Apologize again. Vacations and, and whatnot. Ryan, as I was watching that trailer, the, there were two things that, that popped into my mind uh, immediately. Number okay. one, number one, is this on sci-fi? Is this a sci-fi movie? Right, the Sci-Fi Channel, like a Sci-Fi Network, yeah, show? Like, like the Sci-Fi Network. Yeah, show? you know that's what it that's what it felt like when I was looking. I was like, man, this feels yeah. like. I was like, okay, I'll answer. I'll answer that question in great detail for you, John. Okay, yeah, go ahead. Not, not only is it not a cable show, it is an ABC premiere that is happening in IMAX theaters, not theaters but is happening in IMAX as a premiere for this television show. That is going to hurt the eyeballs, man. That is going to hurt the eyeballs. They spent $5 on the special effects. Uh, which brings me to number two. The, and, and you brought this up on uh, the Twitter feed uh, several weeks back when we, when we saw the still shots. Yeah, man. The, the costumes, the outfits look like cosplay gone wrong. I mean, just... They're lazy. They're unimaginative. It's they decided to try to go look. And I joked. Here's the deal. I joked um, weeks ago when we talked about young blood coming back and possibly like, you know, Rob Liefeld wanting to do the movie thing and wanting to do the TV show thing. And he's ready to ride that money train, you know, to famous town. Like, I understand, like, why he wants to do that. And I jokingly said, I'm in as long as we see like thread for thread uh, replications in the costuming from the 90s comic books. Yeah, 90s era young blood. Yeah. Huge <laughs> shoulder pads, pouches, Huge. mammoth guns. Yeah. The no. long hair. Like, yeah, yeah dude. Like, I'm in, like, totally. And for a minute there, I, you know, I'll stand by that. I'm, I'm okay standing by that. But they took this Inhumans uh, series from the 60s, I think, is when that kind of made its debut. Um, I might be wrong on that date. But I think it's the around in the 60s. And they, I swear, they took all of the costuming they took the they took the hair the hair is like what's killing me right now like the hair coloring and the styling um of the women on that show is just abysmal because it it like really just right from the right from the comics and it works in print 
I'm telling you, weird stuff, you can get away with so much weird stuff in print. Uh, but you really got to make that unique for a television show. Um, it has to stand woof. out. It, I mean, and it you know, just, it's, it's so bad. X-Men is the perfect example. You know, I mean, we, we joke about all the black leather. Uh, though that was the right move to make. I mean, could you imagine, you know, trotting Hugh Jackman out in yellow spandex? I know they made a joke about it in, made the in, joke. in the movie, right? Yeah. But seriously, imagine Hugh Jackman, you know, six foot three of him, you know, <laughs> wearing yellow spandex. Yellow spandex. And, yeah. It, it, look it at, look, okay, just <laughs> look, look at Adam sick. West Batman. Yeah. Like, and imagine you know, Christian that, Bale imagine. running around. Him. <laughs> imagine, yeah. Like, that's what you, that's what we end up with. And, and you know, in later in later years, and I hope they bring. I, I really want them to bring color back to the X Men's franchise. I think it deserves coloring in those costumes. I think Marvel has done a fantastic job in showing that color works. Well, and um, we saw you know as much as we yeah. didn't like Apocalypse, we did see more color in yeah. that one, right? Oh, Psylocke yeah. was in her traditional purple. Oh, yeah. Apocalypse, you know, kind of you know floated between gray and purple. It was um, yeah, it worked, you know, man. Like there yeah. was a lot of stuff that worked there. Yeah. Um, and I think Mystique is not the only one that needs to be bright blue. You know what I mean? I think we can fit some other stuff in there. Correct. Uh, but anyway, all that being no, but, said, but you're right. I mean, the MCU has not been afraid. I mean, especially very recently with oh, yeah. Guardians Volume Two, yeah, Homecoming, volume which one, we're going to get like. into here in a, in a, in a few minutes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they're they're not afraid of color. Doctor Strange that, looked great. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, sorry. Yeah. So yeah, so you know, costumes look bad. Uh, Anson Mount, uh, who is the lead role, he'll be playing Black Bolt, and you know, maybe you're not super familiar with Inhumans, or we've got some reasonableists who who watch Agents of Shield. Sure, and yeah. And the Inhumans, you know, did debut uh, with the Terrigen Mists and things like that uh, in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Right. Anson Mount, uh, if you're not familiar with who he is, uh, he was on the AMC show Hell on Wheels, and which really is not a bad show. Not great, but yeah. not I, terrible at the same time. Wasn't he in, um, uh, uh, God, I just lost the HBO um game of thrones wasn't he in game of thrones anson mount i don't remember no 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 that's the other guy that's the that's the the main villain yeah he was one of the the bastards brother or whatever yeah Yeah. and i'm not just saying that to curse he was uh, a bastard yeah so uh who by the way i I mean he's british the the actor who uh that we're speaking of, he is British, but yet he was shouting in the worst, like forced American accent. I think I've ever heard very generalized, sort of, you know, Rick Grimes. I mean, just uh, (laughs) coral, you know, great. Just that British and Georgia accent, just meeting in the middle (laughs) to create coral. It's (laughs) it's like a coral. (laughs) You don't understand coral. So, um, And we we got to call the elephant in the room, okay? That that damn dog, dude. That okay. dog looks so stupid. All right, now before now, here's what's here's what's interesting, Ryan. When you start talking about in obscure comic book characters, now not so much recently, and we can kind of touch on this. The Inhumans for decades, decades were like oh, B level to C level characters in the marvel universe right yeah they would have yeah and that's kind of being gracious i would say okay. that means that's being pretty generous i would right. say you've got iron man was b-level 
Like that's oh, dude, I mean yeah. sometimes Iron Man even he fell into you know, C grade level in the eighties, yeah. right? Oh yeah, especially when the X Men took off. I mean, all yeah. the traditional heroes, and, and, and you know, Spider Man included, became yeah, second man. fiddle to all things X Men. Oh yeah, for so sure. So the so the Inhumans, you know, uh, created by Jack Kirby, and you know, really great characters when you kind of dig into their mythology and. You know, if you're not real familiar with them, we're not going to go into a crash course on Inhumans, but essentially to just kind of give you a little bit, they're the product of human and alien uh, DNA mixing that provided latent super quote unquote superhero abilities that are activated when exposed to something called the Terrigen mist. Okay. When they're exposed to the Terrigen mist, that's when the power becomes uh, viable and they become an inhuman. So there you go. There's and then your cra- from that point forward. They're permanently mutant. Correct. Correct. So there you go. There, there's or a crash inhuman. course on, and or they live on the moon. And, uh, so there you go. Cool, cool concept. But yeah. again, I mean, they were like B level, C level, sometimes not even around level for, you know, big portions of Marvel's history. Oh yeah. And, you know, they would kind of come and go. They would, they would give a little bit of a prominent role. And, you know, and then they would kind of, you know, get knocked down the pecking order. And, well, th- this is essentially why they are a thing now. Yeah. Is Marvel, you know, cinematically and television-wise, has no rights to X-Men, has no rights to the mutants at all. And we all know that. That's been covered on this show a, a million times over. So, well, what do you do? Okay, because mutants are a huge part of Marvel in the past. And so what do you do cinematically, right? Because you can have your enhanced people, right? Steve Rogers, Scarlet Witch, so on and so forth. Quicksilver, enhanced, right? Well, MCU version Quicksilver. Right. Print, Print version mutant, son of Magneto. So... Okay, but you can't just have everybody either, you know, putting on a suit of armor or getting shot up with super soldier serum or, <laughs> yeah. you know, um, a, a, a vat of toxic waste, you know, washes over them and now they can fight like a ninja. I mean, you can only do that like so many times before yeah. you're like, Born okay, gods, you know. yeah, right. <laughs> Or bring in mythological aspects, right? Which is what DC relies on pretty heavily. Yeah. So, well, what do you do if you're Marvel and you're the MCU? Well, you, we can't we can't even use the word mutant. Yep. You, you you have access to none of those characters. Okay, you can't even hint at anything. Wolverine, Xavier, Magneto, nope. Beast. I mean, you can't even go like degrade. You know, X Men like Toad. I mean, you can't even do anything, right? Yeah. Okay, so so what's your built-in answer? Well, the Inhumans. We have the Inhumans. They're kind of like mutants, right? I mean, they don't know they have these abilities until they're exposed to the mists. And then once they get exposed to the mists, now they have this latent ability. Well, they're kind of like mutants. And now, even in print, Ryan, uh, you know, I've said how much I've thoroughly enjoyed Secret Empire. It has been right. a, a, what a beautiful read. It's such a great story. The X-Men literally have played no role in Secret Empire at all. At Mm. all. The Inhumans now, if you've been keeping up with Marvel, are now the odd people out. They're not on the moon. They're they're now on Earth. They're, They're on both. They're not trusted. They're despised. There's laws in place to figure out who's an Inhuman, who's not an Inhuman. Gee, where have we visited this story before? Right, yeah. Right? I mean... Hmm. 
Sounds <laughs> sounds very familiar. <laughs> the answer you is the answer is, <laughs> and in print, the Terrigen Mist is toxic to a mutant. It will kill them. Right. And so you start, only, yeah. Okay. And they're toying with the idea that it makes them sterile. Hmm. So in terms of mutant, mutant ability or just like of in terms making of like mutant on mutant, yeah, mutant on mutant action, creating sweet, sweet mutants, you know, I mean, just so uh, interesting. Right. right. And now this kind of plays into this conspiracy theory that, you know, we've touched on before that because Marvel cannot touch anything X-Men related. Yep. That they are going, the, on, that, the screen, on the screen, on the screen, on the screen, on the screen. That they've now entered into a war of attrition with Fox. Very interesting to note that no major new mutant character has been created or introduced in about 10 years. The X-Men movie franchise only has rights to anything that is created in print for X-Men. So let's say tomorrow... Marvel it's like creates, underneath X-Men books. Underneath the, underneath the X-Men banner, which would be like X-Men, X-Force, Uncanny. New Mutants, mm-hmm. Uncanny, X-Men Gold, X-Men Blue, Logan, Old Man Logan, anything that kind of falls in there, anything Deadpool, anything associated there with that, Fox has rights to that. That's the, that's the contract that Marvel signed back in the, in the late 90s, yeah. man. They just signed money. over the keys to the kingdom for all things mutant. And now I can understand Marvel's viewpoint. Okay. Cause they look and they say, man, you've given, you've given the people apocalypse and you've given them origins and you've given them last stand. Okay. And, and you don't want to give it up. You, you can't get your storyline straight. You can't get your continuity, right? But you're not going to give it up. You're not going to sign it back over. You're not going to go back into a partnership. Okay. Well, we're just going to turn that spigot off. No more, no more mutant characters. Mm, done. You got to draw from whatever has been yeah. introduced to, over the past 30 years, 35 right. years. Yeah. Okay. Which, is the, which is a good, which is the business decision from that point. But you've got, I don't know, man. I, I, it frustrates the heck right it out is, of me. It is very um, frustrating. It, it's just it's, tough to, to like, like pick a side and go, well, they're right. Or No, I, right. I, I, I think that Marvel, you know, Marvel has, has uh, instead of just, you know, sleeping in the bed that they made um, at this point, they're going, you know, they decided to pull that move and say, cool, let's, you know, start to imprint, you know, X-Men gold and X-Men blue are doing pretty well, but incredibly well selling books, X-Men gold and X-Men blue, very good selling books, but they're just, they're just rehashing a lot of old characters that maybe haven't been around very much in a few years. So they'll, they'll kind of go back and revisit some of these old characters and give them a whitewash or pre, you know, not a whitewash, but like a, like a, just a uh, rinse and, and say, you know what, let's shine them up and let's get them back out there. Let's, let's kind of rehash some of this stuff. Um, but in terms of the creativity, they, they're, 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 it's like they're starting to wipe out the Mar like the X-Men in the comic books you know, in, in saying, okay, well, if we kind of start ignoring X-Men and comics, then that will have a ripple effect back out to the theater so that one day when Fox pushes out an X-Men movie, they don't make their money 
Because right now, say what you will, and we can all do this, right? Say what you will about Apocalypse. Say what you will about X-Men Origins, Wolverine. Um, every Last X-Men stand. Last Stand. They all say made what you their will, money. They, they all made, made money. money. They didn't they did. just make their own money. They made profits, and they flushed Fox with yeah. cash. Uh, Apocalypse you know, fell short, I think, of expectations, especially after the huge moneymaker that days of future past was sure and so you know it fell short of expectation and i think it finished like globally like 523 million 530 million that's nothing to sneeze at i mean that's oh right all right that, that ensures <laughs> another x-men movie right uh logan you know darn near made 700 million dollars you know worldwide so yeah you know fox isn't in danger of these movies like you know losing money what what's in danger is like you said rehashing old stories i mean you know we just found out this past week that you know fastbender is in talks to return in dark phoenix and i texted you and i said why do we need to see magneto again yeah yeah, Why? We, we don't. We, we've that, seen we've seen Magneto. We understand Magneto. In fact, we've we've watched Magneto for uh, what was since 2001. Magneto we've has been Magneto. He has been in every X-Men related movie except for three Deadpool yeah. Origins Logan. He's been in every one. Yep. He was in oh, X-Men. Yeah. He was in X2 Last yeah, Stand. Yeah, yeah. Um, he had the uh, uh, mid credit scene in The Wolverine, First Class, yep. Days of Future Past, and Apocalypse. Seven movies with Magneto. Yeah. Th- that story arc has, has closed. It, it's ended. It's We're, ended. Uh, we get, we, uh, at this point, uh, how are we going to be surprised with Magneto? You know, whether he honestly, whether let's let's throw this coin at both sides of the table here, because you can either sign up X. He could he could lead the X-Men. Right. Like that's that's one side of the classic pro wrestling face turn. He becomes the good guy, comes the good guy, which which he's done in the books. And and, and, and that's that's how they revolutionized him. In the the late 80s, he led the X-Men. He led the X-Men. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So he could either do that. He could uh, go off solo. We could, we know, like a Genesis uh, nod where he has a moon base or an asteroid, asteroid base. And he's, yeah, right. Yeah. And he's hanging out on the asteroid and, and everybody the leave me alone. Yeah. Everybody they, they, leave with, me alone. Right. With his acolytes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or uh, we can have bad guy Magneto that leads an army of bad mutants. None of or those the, options, or the, or the lapdog Magneto, like we had in the last one, right? Just or gets yeah, his just, marching orders and he just blindly follows. Whatever, yeah. And it's just like that's exactly that's so we've got three options uh, to me. And if they come up with one and they blow us away, fair enough, awesome, high fives all the way around. They fixed it, good job, right? Like not denying that they could do that in the realm of universes and possibilities of Fox making something correct. Not going to say it's, you know, the, the odds of that are, are shot, but maybe on earth two, they got it right and it works right. But on this one, on the earth one that we're all living on right now, nothing that they could do with this Magneto character can, can revive it or surprise me. Um, unless they kill him, I'm done unless they kill him. 
to me, that's I'm like, okay, he takes on Dark Phoenix, maybe like in the opening 10 minutes, he takes on the Dark Phoenix force. Maybe he is on Asteroid M. So right. a rehash. So then that's a rehash of Last Stand instead of Patch yeah. instead of the You're Patrick right. Stewart yeah, Xavier call, man. dying. Right. Well, let's have a Magneto die. So well, and and here's the problem too, right? To when, the end when, of Dark Phoenix. Well, and this is this again, is what happens yeah. when the when the parent <laughs> company turns off. Well, this is what happens when the parent company turns off the water. Yeah. Right. They've turned off the water. Else to work with. Right. <laughs> so it's like okay. You know, who are, who are the you know, juggernaut? I guess I could bring in juggernaut, but uh, which would be cool. Give us a juggernaut that's actually, you know, that makes sense. Like Xavier's yeah. brother would be really cool. But yeah. So, I mean, not to turn this into another X-Men bashing session. This actually really is more of like Marvel. It's like, dude, I mean, you've got as we circle back to Inhumans. That's essentially what Marvel is doing now with Inhumans. It's like, their, well, since yeah. we yeah, since we don't have mutants. OK. Right. Yeah. We're going to use Inhumans in yeah. print. We're going to enter this war of attrition with Fox and we're going to dry up the the character creation. We're going to dry all that up. And essentially in in Secret Empire, the X-Men are basically a throwaway line. Yeah. That as Hydra has taken over the U.S., the X-Men have essentially retreated to a portion of California, Oregon area and essentially have a truce with with hydra saying you guys can do whatever it is you want we are over here okay we're over here if if you start poking around over here you're going to kick up a hornet's nest with us let's just leave each other alone yeah that sounds like the x-men that i grew up with yeah and (laughs) because because what hydra can what what hydra has in their fate in their favor with this whole thing which is an interesting component yeah is they can use the Terrigen myths of the Inhumans to essentially annihilate the X-Men and the mutants if they so choose. They have right. a they have a genocide. Oh, wow. Genocide and an yeah. X-Men oh, story. Here we go. Who would have yeah. thought? Here right? we go. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, um, so, you know, in this dog, you know, hey, and before reasonableness, before you're like, oh, my gosh, the dog is a part of the. Yeah, I know the dog no. is a character. Yeah. OK, no, I get it. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not tearing down. Here's the deal. He looks in, fake. He could not look any more co- Scooby Doo. I mean, that's the deal. That's yeah. the that's what it boils down to. It's not the fact that these characters in themselves are terrible characters. Black Bolt. I'm serious. That is one of the coolest superpowers dude, to me. Black, yeah, dude. Black uh, Bolt is a very is, noble character in comics too, yeah, man. Super noble. His powers. Just so you guys know, his powers lie in his voice. He cannot talk to anyone. Even he a, communicates. Even a whisper. Even a, a whisper. whisper. Would like his whispers w- annihilates galaxies and they've yeah. gone through that where his voice is so powerful in the comics where he's spoken or he's whispered and a planet got destroyed <laughs> because he just he said hello yeah. you know what i mean or he tripped over a rock and stubbed his toe and went oh <laughs> you know and they he kind whispered, of explore that. he whispered sweet nothings into medusa's ear and blew her head right off her shoulders <laughs> right you and the dog is telepathic oh. and he's telekin you know he's telepathic as well he can do he can teleport so he's got a lot of really cool ways that that black bolt does communicate how he communicates with his people um but he, he also opens up the portal to to get from earth to the moon too that's right. that's how they can tra- they, they can travel back and forth and they're also interstellar travelers as well yeah. too so Again, I that in Black Bolt, honestly, like that's kind of where I stop with the Inhumans. Like I know a little bit about Black Bolt, but that's really kind of it. However, when a TV show pops up and I'm like, cool, I don't know who Medusa really like. I don't really know what she does. I don't know what some of these other characters do. And I watch the trailer. I'm not interested in finding out through that medium. 
I'm not interested in trying to watch this television show and figure out who these characters are because it looks so atrocious. I'd rather just go to, you know, uh, digital services or go to my comic book store or go somewhere else and just find out from there how what the Inhumans are. I no longer I don't want to find out through that medium. And that's to me. I know I'm going crazy here. Uh, to me, that is that is your that is your crack in the foundation of Marvel. You know, we've started we've seen it happen in geez, I know guys, we've said it a lot. Luke Cage, Iron Fist, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy 2, uh, a little bit of Doctor Strange, even though we liked it, there's still some cracks. There's cracks in the foundation of some of these shows. I, I Marvel Agents of Shield. I know people who are so loyal to that show, I can't get past the third episode. So there's there's cracks in the foundation that aren't surprising and it's going to eventually cause a larger problem um, with the rest of the MCU. These characters tie in to the MCU. They're not, it's not a solo show. It's not Legion. It's not, you know, something else. These characters directly live in the same, breathe the same air that Captain America breathes. They breathe the same air that Iron Man breathes. And that's scary. Because how is it's just the the overarching question? How is this going to work? Well, you know, I'm looking at something on CBR.com right now. Uh, the the name of the dog is Lockjaw, and uh, you know the toy line Funko. Uh-huh, you heard of yeah. them, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They make the pop figures. Yeah. Uh, yeah, 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 that you can find everywhere these days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you work uh, in an the, office, they're probably on your cube mate's desks. More than likely. <laughs> the headline reads, Funko's Inhumans toys double down on Lockjaw. Of course they do. Oh, yeah. Just like Baby Groot, right? Yeah, so Just like Baby Groot. Just if, like if you Baby watch Groot. The, just like the trailer in for, for the Inhumans, the cutesy little dog wagging his tail. He's an enormous dog, right? He's like, you know, six feet uh, long. Um, dog is huge, and he's wagging his tail and being a cute little puppy. Yep. I wouldn't mind it if everything else was working. You can get away with that stuff. For, for Christ's sake, we watched a talking raccoon work in the first Guardians of the Galaxy movie, and we all were like, two thumbs up, go talking raccoon. Like, you can make it work. Absolutely. Everything else around it has to work. That is for sure, man. That is for sure. So it, it just, you know, at least from our perspective, you know, television-wise, MCU just, you know, on the surface, at least within humans, and you know, we will always correct ourselves when we are wrong. Oh yeah, you know, I'm willing to give this a try. I'm not going to just dismiss it, you know, in hand. But boy, I got to tell you, I mean, you know, we're still a little ways away from this debuting, so you know, it's possible that maybe, you know, some of these special effects can be cleaned up. Though I will say, even though the internet is not always the bastion of positivity, when you really look at what people are saying in their reaction to this, it is the same things being repeated over and over. The quality looks like B-grade sci-fi channel. The costumes look off. The coloring looks off. The characters don't look like they're cast properly. And that dog lockjaw it's like just it's too much it's too much in your face this is abc 7 p.m 
family mm-hmm. fun time mm-hmm. and you know we're not gonna we're not gonna push anything and really you know the inhumans no risks are, no chances yeah, the, like playing no safe. risks no chances very sterile very clean uh you know so anyway let, let's move on from from inhumans because uh, yeah. I, I don't want to just keep <laughs> keep keep banging on that one because we, we got so, some other stuff we want to get to. Uh, and in terms of any other news, uh, you know, it kind of feels like it's been a, a little bit of a of a quiet one on the Marvel print side. Uh, it looks like or excuse me on the Marvel or excuse me, X-Men. I'm tripping on the X-Men cinematic side. It looks like uh, the Dark Phoenix saga, uh, which is going to be the next X-Men mm-hmm. movie. It's just going to yep. be called X-Men Dark Phoenix. I uh, don't really know a whole lot of specifics about it. Though it does uh, look like the Shi'ar Empire may be making a little bit of a cameo, that so, fun. That, you know, so that's, that's actually cool. very cool. And and oh, I think yeah. this is something you know. There. Yeah, here we go. Here's you know Rex and John are going to no, Rex. I'm so sorry, Ryan. Ryan and John. Well, are I'll going call him to, up if you want to talk. Yeah, with yeah let's him get him in comments, here. I guess um, it's just because <laughs> I saw a picture of his face on my computer here. Uh, Ryan and John are actually going to give X Men a little bit of a little bit of love here. I was very intrigued by that. Uh, you know, one of the the cooler aspects that have made the MCU so entertaining has been the idea, right? The knowledge of life outside of earth, right? It's not just Iron Man and Captain America, you know, beating up bad guys here on earth. I mean, we've got this portrayal of this universe that reaches far past the, the relevance of earth, right? Obviously with the guardians, Thanos, even Howard the Duck, we've got the Watchers, you know, yeah. and, and Guardians Volume Two, Ragnarok. We're going to see the arena and the, you know, some allusions to Planet Hulk. So that just this universe just doesn't take place on Earth. Where on the flip side of that, on the X Men side, you know, everything has just been Earth related. I mean, the, there's been some, you know, godlike behavior, obviously with Apocalypse and things yeah, like yeah, that, yeah. but. You know, if these rumors are true that the Shi'ar Empire, which Marvel does not, MCU does not have the rights to, uh, that's why it was the Chitari who invaded and not, uh, you know, the the Shi'ar who right. invaded. Because yeah. when you look at Marvel and Prince, the Shi'ar are really the, the baddest of the baddies when it comes to, uh, you know, terrestrial armadas. Uh, so that's actually really cool, man. And, you know, James McAvoy is on board, you know, for Professor X again. So Elandra, who's the Shi'ar queen, we know about the love interest. That yeah, the that two little of them relationship. Had. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. So, you know, it'd be really cool. And, and I hope they go with that because, you know, Phoenix is an interstellar uh, being uh, it's not a super galactic that, character, man. Yeah, not something that Jean was just born with. Uh, it shows her just like the Phoenix has chosen other people. Uh, so. Again, there's going to have to alien. It is inherently yeah. alien. This that's, what, that's go, what the origins of the Phoenix is. Yeah, and if it's they not, go that, yeah, to, yeah. I'm sorry to cut you off, man. Go ahead. Uh, no, I'm cutting you off. I, we're just so excited about this thing. Apparently, so excited. <laughs> well, and the, there will be, you know, if they decide to go with the Phoenix Force being a alien, there's going to need, need to be a little bit of retconning because when you know Gene, you know, went all here on apocalypse right uh, you know a phoenix came flying out of her so i mean there's some ways you can do it. it's like you know well maybe it you know it visited her when she was younger you know that's i mean there, what, there are ways the that you I can get assume. away around you yeah, there's ways you uh, can yeah. get around that yeah. i would say so, that they're just gonna probably put that in there where she was that that thing just came into her as a young child and that's what's that's what activated her as a mutant and you know 
through you know there you go done then you have the rest of her and that's what that's what professor xavier tried to block out uh you know in the first version of it then in the second version i don't think he's done that so yeah and that's not been clear so and it sounds like too that uh sophie turner uh will be reprising her role as gene gray which i'm very excited about i i really liked her as gene gray uh you know when you talk about characters who look like they are lifted you know out of the comic mm-hmm. and onto the screen you know Fomke jansen was a great jean gray she was the first jean gray you know yeah, she uh, was, human yeah, to she play jean gray uh sophie turner had just i think a little bit more of the vulnerability the scared girl uh jean gray obviously the gene that we got was the older gene one who was a little bit more in control of her abilities and things like yeah. that so I really, I really enjoyed Sophie Turner uh, as Jean Grey. So uh, I'm excited to hear that they're not going to try to recast her. Uh, I think the key to making this ongoing X-Men universe work uh, is to keep as many people in role as possible. Uh, yep. th- that is what is going to make it work. When you just keep recasting or, or just, well, we couldn't come to an agreement with you know said actor. Uh, so we either cut that character out or we recast them. It just sows that much more confusion. And yeah. I think when you have, uh, you know, someone who, at least in my opinion, was one of the, you know, sh- more shining aspects of Apocalypse, to recast her with someone else, I think would be a mistake. I think, mm-hmm. you know, she she's earned the right to, you know, move to the next stage. Now, Nightcrawler, yeah, sure. you know, do away with that. But uh, <laughs> I would be fine with that. So yeah, that's uh, unless you had any other comic book news. Um, yeah, in terms well, of mean, you know films and print or yeah. whatnot, unless you came across something, we can get into some homecoming. No, I. Uh, but I'm you know just to kind of tell uh, you know tailgate on what you were just talking about the the Dark Phoenix saga is one of the ones that uh, in print um, that's the one that impacted me the the heart I guess the most. <laughs> As a, as a comic, as a young comic book reader, when I was eight years old, nine years old, 10 years old, um, it was the, it was the one that, that always hit home the hardest and, uh, I loved it growing up. And so whenever dark Phoenix is mentioned or whenever Phoenix actually Phoenix is mentioned, then dark Phoenix is mentioned. Um, I know I get, uh, you know, not just excited because I'm, I'm very excited about that kind of stuff, but you know, then comes the nervousness and then comes the anxiousness of, okay, well let's hope and pray that they do this with the justice, you know, that, that it deserves. So, um, I hope, you know, we'll hold out hope. You know, we've, we've been one to call things before and been wrong. And we love that honestly, more than anything else. It's not like a shameful thing to come out and say, we were wrong about this awesome thing now. Um, that's really great. Actually, I really love that. Uh, and we'll see, you know what? We'll see. I'll, you know, I'll check out the Inhumans premiere. I'll maybe even try to find an IMAX theater and see what's up, see the big grand spectacle and see what's going on with that thing because I'll give it its just due, but nervous face be, over here for that. Oh one. dude, nervous face. Hey, I'll be cringing all the way in. You know, they may have to lead me in with a CNI dog cause I'll be just, my <laughs> eyes will be shut. <laughs> Just squinting. Well, and you know, we would really, you know, love to see the X Men cinematic world, you know, get on track. We we yeah, really man. would, you know. It's uh, success in comic book movies. And I don't know how many times we have to say that. This 
comic book movies being on film and being popular right now breeds success for this genre. We get to have better stories. You think about the story that was told in X-Men 1, just it was great for the time. It was great for 2001 um, or 2000. Uh, but you fast, you watch that movie right now, especially after watching like Homecoming or watching a lot of other movies, and you're going, man, that storyline, man, that is safe. That is that is nice and thin, and that is safe story was, right there. That was two hours of introductions. Man, that, that was, was. So as great as it was, it's allowed a lot. It allowed us to dive into these characters deeper and deeper and deeper, and find out more about them, and want to know more about them. Introducing new characters and finding out what makes them tick. Uh, we want to see X Men succeed because it breeds success for everything else, including itself. So it's silly for us to want something to fail. We don't want X Men to fail. We want it to do a great job, and that's why we get probably get more upset than anything else when we find out it doesn't live up to at least some level of expectation, because we want it to be better. Because we because we know what that means. It'll mean better movies. It'll mean better story in the future for itself and other everything else. I couldn't say it better myself. There you go. I don't know. Soapbox over. I'm done. No, I couldn't have said it better myself. Okay. (laughs) All right. You ready to go into some homecoming? Some Spider-Man homecoming? To go into some homecoming. All right, man. Let's talk Spider-Man. Spider-Man does whatever a spider can. That's right, man. Spins a web any size, catches thieves just like flies. (laughs) Here comes the Spider-Man. Here's what I can, that's, it was, I tell you, if we could get that into some sort of like slam poet, like version, I think that would be, that would be the best. Well, I gotta (laughs) say, I gotta say, you know, the, the movie starts and, you know, it goes right into, you know, this is interesting because it, you know, it goes right into the Sony logo. Sony. Yeah. Sony. Yeah. Columbia. You know, the Columbia. Making sure, making sure you know. You know where this character's from now. Yeah, right. I feel like that was a shot. Like, as soon as I came up, I'm sure you had the same. I was like, shots are being fired. Here we go. Sony's making its mark because Spider-Man, we get it, Sony. You own it. We understand. Yeah. We get it. You get get Sony. (laughs) You get, uh, you know, uh, Annette Bening. And there the are Columbia the slow- lady looks like a Ned Benny. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I know it's the- not her, but it's funny because she's even like made jokes about it. Yeah. She's like, no, that is I am not the Columbia girl, but she does look like the Columbia girl. The actress but they are the Benning. slowest logos on the screen. I felt oh, like, yeah, man. I felt like that's half the movie is watching these logos come up on the watching screen. the billowing clouds behind the Columbia <laughs> statue. Right. OK, yeah, so, happy to so do that. yeah. So then it goes like right into the movie. Right. And yeah, so. Man. Um, and I'm gonna Keaton. get to uh, yeah. I'm gonna get to my point yeah. here because my first thought was, oh man, dude, did they just do away with the comic flip at the beginning? And you know the the new MCU, they have the new MCU logo. The new, it's like, boy, did yeah, they they must have yeah. just told Marvel cram that up your cram hole of floor dodgeball reference, and <laughs> we, that's not going in this movie. And I'm like, my first thought was, dude, man, I don't. Well, know. That was the same. Hang on, that was the same one in Strange. Yeah, and it was also in Guardians. They switched Volume the logo. Two. Yeah, they switched the logo yeah. up from the comic book flip. Yeah. yeah okay. So you know, and, and it goes right in, and uh, you know, you're you're introduced to Tombs, and 
you know, events immediately happening after uh, the incident of the first Marvel, right? And you've got the Chitauri warship or the the dragon ship, worm ship or whatever. And they're taking apart. Love the introduction of damage control. I think oh, I was so the good. only one in the theater who knew damage control because I kind of did a yeah, you know, but <laughs> I was the only one doing the yeah. yeah. Uh, damage control, very cool. They're obviously being played a little bit more serious in the MCU than they are in print. If you're not familiar with damage control, I think we talked about this a few weeks ago. Damage control basically in the comic books was a private company that was hired to come in and clean up after heroes got done wrecking the city. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So Cause there'd uh, be stuff from aliens and everything else left behind. That, and it was very much a comic yeah. uh, comedic. It was, it was played for some laughs and, and, you know, and it was, it was fun stuff Yeah. in the MCU. They're essentially, you know, taking the place of shield since shield is pretty much, you know, a shell of its yeah, former right. self. Yeah. So instead really of, sh- yeah. So instead of shield showing up, um, after some brouhaha, you now have damage control, uh, which is owned by Stark enterprises, which I loved that little turn. I thought that was very cool. I know. Yeah. Yeah. The same I people love, who does. I, I love that little comment. The same people who destroy it, get paid to clean it up. Yeah. Like, right. oh, it's just good and stuff. just, you know, Michael Keaton and just full New York, you know, just oh, bringing so, the attitude, <laughs> chewing up the scenery. Love dude, Michael Keaton, you know, he, he was all over that screen, man. Like, yeah, I, I love that guy just man. right at the beginning. And I loved it because we got to see Michael Keaton off the bat. Um, yes, which is very unlike any other Spider-Man introduction, you know, we've done before, which of course didn't have the vulture, didn't have tombs, but the focus on on how they introduced the characters wasn't a focus on Spider-Man right at the get go. It was focused on on tombs. And of course, Michael Keaton just man like it is. Was anybody here to watch a movie because you're going to watch a movie now? Like, all right, everybody. We're here. Let's do this just thing. Like it was chewing just, the gum, oh, you know, love just it. yeah, and just I mean, you know, Michael Keaton has a very typical delivery. Oh, you know, oh, yeah. like William yeah, Shatner yeah, yeah. will never deviate from being William Shatner. Mm-hmm. Yeah, other than Birdman, which I is a movie. I don't know if you've seen it. I, I, I don't really. I don't really get it. Uh, it was a wild movie. It really was. Yeah. It, it yeah, was very. He was fantastic. He, he it was, was fantastic. He, he was great. He, he was, was fantastic. It was very interesting. I liked it, but for yeah, reasons, it, it's guess, it's reasons. not one that I you know beat a path to get on on Blu-ray. <laughs> sure. <you know? laughs> yeah, sure. I got I got to get down there. But uh, you know, he's very much in Michael Keaton form and the body yeah. language and and just you popping know, the shoulders, shrugging the shoulders around. Yeah, just and, you know chewing chewing that yeah. gum. He's just got that New York accent. You know, hey lady, you know I got a contract for this. You know, I mean just great stuff. And so, you know, you're introduced to damage control, which I, I really hope, really hope that's not just a one shot in homecoming. I would love to see them kind of expanded upon kind of Stark's own little personal Gestapo, you know, going around cleaning stuff up, you know? Um, and why does Stark want all this stuff? You know, is it just to keep it out of the hands of, you know, ne'er do wells? Cause I mean, (laughs) I don't uh, think so. Probably not. 
Probably well, not. I mean, if we think about, okay, and, you know, I don't want to break timeline. It, you know, here we go, right? But if you think about hey, they it. They kept the timeline pretty tight. They, in oh, this the time, not they the timeline really was not, not yeah. in that sort of sense. Like continuity yeah. was great. They kept, kept it, it, it very wonderful. tight. Yes. Yeah. Unlike a lot of the things we've seen lately, it's been wonderful. That timeline yeah. was great. Timelines but be in damned. Terms of, in terms of timeline, you'll remember in the first Avengers, while they were on the ship, right? Loki's scepter is doing its thing to everybody and making everybody really tense and agitated fussy and everyone's getting every, fussy everyone's getting a little fussy um and you know they it it was tony and banner and cap who exposed shield for hanging on to tesseract weapons what and hydra 20, weapons 24 yeah. hours before uh 24 hours before the the sky opened, right? So yeah. if you think kind of where that's at, like, of course, like, what do you think Tony's going to do right after he finds out that another entity is going to find out more than he does? He's going to be, he's going to get in there as fast as possible and make sure that shield doesn't continue to keep information from him. So he's going to, he's diving in. Of course he would. Well, you know, and we we know that, you know, Tony has messed around with, you know, Asgardian technology, Howard oh, yeah, did yeah, with yeah. the arc reactor. That's, you know, they didn't know exactly that what it was. They didn't know exactly were, what it but did, but he been fishing yeah. for it. He found it. Uh, the arc reactor, like, you I mean, Tony wouldn't even tell Obadiah Stain what the power source was because, you know, Tony or how know, to make it, you know, because really he created know. it. Essentially, yeah. that was created by man, you know, by by pieces. That wasn't just like magic come down and light it up. That was created by him. Yeah. But he would not let Obadiah Stane look no. at it because he knew that that would go. That's his. And he needs that's, to keep that's it close mine. to the chest. Yep. And so, you know, I, I don't, even though we did see a little bit of a more reformed uh, Tony uh, in this movie. I still kind of get the idea that the reason why he wants to continue to round up, you know, Chitauri technology, Ultron heads. I love the little Ultron head they took out oh, of the yeah, box as well, great. too. I thought yeah, that was very yeah. cool. Um, is he, Tony is always looking for a way to make his armament better. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, his goal is to stop being Iron Man and he will and, stop yeah. at nothing to do it. And so that's, that's his deal. I don't so, want to get into know, a whole Tony thing right now. No, but, no, 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 no. But, there but we go. you know, you know, so we we're introduced to tombs, you know, the, uh, damage control comes in, you know, it, it fast forwards to, you know, he's got his crew that he's got the vulture armor and then it goes to the Marvel intro. If you remember, it goes yeah, into yeah, yeah. the Marvel intro yep. and I'm like, there it is. And then, so it's playing the Avengers theme. And this is where I knew we were on the right path, at least for this movie. We were on the right path because the Avengers theme blends into the Spider-Man theme at yep. the same time. And I was like, all right, here we go. We're, mm -hmm. we're going to be in for a good show, a good run. Yeah. And, you know, I, I know that, uh, you know, you and I were very just nervous, not, oh, we were, yeah. not naysayers, but just the confusion. And, and it, I'm, I'm sorry, the confusion has not cleared up by any means as to where, you know, this version of Spider-Man is going to land with the Sony Spider-Verse and the MCU. Sure, None yeah. of that's really been cleared up. All I can simply say is that, you know, going in, we were like, how much do we want to invest in where this is going to go? Right. Yeah. Very legitimate questions, at least yeah. for, on my side of things. I thought they're legitimate questions and, and, and without being breaking cautiously optimistic and absolutely. And I mean, I'll tell you, you know, we're sitting there and, 
it was it was family day so all you know joanna james and we all went we all wanted to see it and you know i'm sitting there and i'm just like you know of course james is like he just can't wait spider-man is his favorite character he he cannot wait for this to start and i'm just like oh man please 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 right i just (laughs) you texted me before it and you're just like dude i don't know and i had seen it a day before you did and i just go i'm not spoiling anything okay yeah. talk to you after the movie like i didn't right. even want to give you like i enjoyed it i didn't want to tell you anything of like how i because i know that messes me up sometimes is like if you if a person like tissue like dude that movie was awesome or i loved it and i'm like man i don't want to know that i just want to go in there with a blank clean slate and figure out everything from start to finish. Well, yeah, you know, I mean, I told you of a mutual acquaintance acquaintance that you and I have uh, before Dawn of Justice, and, you know, I was just geeked beyond all geek to go see that. Yeah. And I'm just getting carpet bombed with, like, negativity. Like, oh, yeah. you know, just a few hours oh, before yeah. I go to see it. I finally oh, had yeah. to say, I was like, you know, please stop. Please stop, yeah. because I want to go see this movie without any sort of, you know... Just let me, uh, let me go watch it. Let me go watch it. Yeah, movie. let yeah. me make my decision. So... Yeah. You know, without breaking this movie down scene by scene, which is not what we're going to do. That's not what we do on this show, unless it's a specific movie that we're just going to pick apart. Um, throughout this entire movie, uh, number one, that was it was a long movie. I mean, it was long. Yeah. This one came in, it felt like about two hours, 15. Um, mm-hmm. I was ready to tinky when this movie was <laughs> over. I, yeah. I was bursting at the seams when this one was done. But uh, it was very long. Um, it, it felt long. And at certain points, and mm-hmm. it wasn't always super brisk. I have got to say, though, uh, the chemistry of the casting of this movie was spot on. Absolutely spot on. Nothing yep. felt forced. Nothing felt, um, oh my gosh, we got to get some banter in here. Let's get some banter. Where, mm-hmm. Where's my banter expert? I need you to write some banter. Right. Uh, it just very organic. It felt good. Yeah. Um, the, I want to speak to seat. that just for a second though. Yeah, go ahead. There was, so there was a comment online and I told, and I talked to Lauren about it and she went, we went and saw it together. Um, a comment online said that it was, it was a fantastic, it was like this great action comic book movie with this touch of John Hughes, uh, in terms of, you know, the old eighties high school movies. Well, and, Ferris Bueller made a cameo in the movie. Well, yeah, of course. Ferris Bueller <laughs> makes his, makes his own cameo. <laughs> yeah. However, I didn't, I didn't put two and two together, um, until the end of that movie. And I realized that, John Hughes, if you watched, you know, 16 Candles and you watched uh, Breakfast Club and you watch those uh, those movies, the they're list goes on dated. and on, man. They're dated, yeah. super dated, right? But, oh, but the they're one so thing good. they're so why good. and why they're so good. Uncle Buck stands the test oh, of time, well, man. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But why they're so good is because the chemistry between yes. all of the characters works. Christmas and Vacation is the, another one. Didn't brat, direct it, but he wrote it. He wrote it and he produced it and he produced it. Yeah. Harold Ramis took that one um but the he wrote or i'm sorry but he really knows how john hughes really knows how to design characters and how they react and how they talk to each other and i tell you while i was watching this movie i kind of had that playing in my head a little bit i'm like what does they mean by john hughes what do they mean by john hughes and it didn't really kind of like toward the end of the movie i was just like well because it's so natural they these guys these all these actors these high school right uh, quote unquote high school actors are are really doing a great job in being uh, a group 
Like they are fantastic, actually. Well, the, the <laughs> casting know, in, in yeah, the chemistry no, is there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, and the casting was so smart because, uh, you know, when when Tobey Maguire was cast as right. Peter Parker, I mean, you know, the, the the guy was darn near, you know, close to thirty years old. Uh, uh, he just happened to look young. Uh, you know, Andrew yeah, Garfield, yeah, yeah, yeah. who I think is a fantastic actor. Yeah. Uh, if you have not seen Hacksaw Ridge, see Hacksaw Ridge. I mean, this this cat, how he did not get a Best Actor award for that role, um, right. I still don't understand it. Uh, he was phenomenal. Uh, and in fact, I still think Mel Gibson should have won Best Director, but different conversation for a different day. <laughs> um and so while I don't have anything against, you know, the uh, acting ability of Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield, uh, when having to pick between the two, I would probably go Garfield before I would go Maguire. Yeah, I'm with you there. Yet both of them were significantly past their high school years <laughs> when they were cast for these roles. That's saying it lightly. <laughs> yeah, and and they just happen to look young. Sure, you know Tom Holland. I mean, this cat's you know eighteen years old, so he can pass as a fifteen year old. And you look at all of the actors and actresses, if that's even okay to say these days, uh, in Homecoming, they were all teenagers. Hmm. They were all teenagers, and the awkwardness of high school was just like in play and for the mm -hmm. first time ever on film peter parker was portrayed accurately as a teenage boy who's just trying to figure his ish out oh man yeah <laughs> yeah it was it really felt and he's I, I, carrying I'm, this man, incredible weight the, the, of yeah. his abilities with we, wanting yeah. to be an Avenger, with wanting to impress Tony, with wanting to, you know, he's um, keeping the secret from Aunt May. Yeah. And, and can I add something about Aunt May and no, not the beautifully talented Marissa Tomei. <laughs> Joanna didn't realize she'd, well, she, she'd forgotten that she was Aunt May. Yeah. And, and so when the opening credits, when, she, yeah. when it says Marissa Tomei, she goes, oh, brother. Oh, and I'm like, I know. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm it's sorry. Coincidence, Marissa Tomei. I don't know what to tell you. She, it's, you know, she still just... sits. She still <laughs> sits at number two on the list. I'm sorry. So uh, <laughs> challenges for number one still. But what I loved about the Aunt May in this one is, number one, she wasn't an old crone. I, I never really understood why Aunt May was elderly. I, and even in the comics, oh, she's like 90 years old for some reason. It didn't make a lot of sense. It's like, did, yeah. did Peter? mom have her as an octogenarian i mean I, what the hell happened here right she was very <laughs> fertile the, woman yeah, what you know was that mrs parker between <laughs> yeah. like may and, and yeah. her parent and parents of peter parker like e yeah either that or the, like the 30 year age gap yeah that or the parker women are just very fertile i mean it just uh <laughs> yeah you know that's a garden that but blooms yeah, all the, the comics, time but the comics even you know had her oh, she was, yeah and, she was really old so yeah. and what i liked about the aunt may in this one is you know she's a younger aunt may makes she's a age lot, appropriate aunt may actually makes a lot more sense right because yeah. you know uh marissa told me i believe it was either 45 or 46 so yeah. you know and that's about the age that she's playing in this yeah. movie it makes more sense that you know a 45 year old woman you know, who has a sister, a 16 would probably, or 15 year yeah, old would kid. probably have a 15 or 16 year old nephew. It, it yeah. doesn't seem that like implausible. Right. And she also seemed like an aunt may that was a little bit in over her head 
but not yeah. to the point like she didn't know what to do, but she's a little bit kind of like, you know, sort of a hippie and she's trying to do right by Peter. Yeah. Do the best that she can. And I'm yeah. assuming homecoming Two may give us a little bit more Maybe. Yeah. insight as to, you know, how he ended up with Aunt May. I wouldn't have a problem with that at all. Give, I mean, giving uh, us a taste of origin would be nice. But well, we got a little one in this one, right? Without giving us an origin, basically, like I got bit by a spider, a well, radioactive yeah, spider, very, ca- very casual, and he's like, "Yeah, radioactive spider. Dead. Well, if it yeah. bites me, the spider's yeah. dead, Ned. Yeah. The spider's yeah. dead, right? Yeah. Like we're so tired of the origin story, and I love how they have Peter like tired of the origin story yeah. in the movie uh, as really, well. That was too. really good play. Yeah, but you and can so tell, like, I, well, Aunt May didn't have; they didn't have kids. Um, no, if I remember correctly, no. and so her and Ben didn't have children, and so you could tell that she obviously like you know when when peter's dropped off on her doorstep essentially you know it's past the point of like sponge level raising where you ingrain them with all of your you know nature versus nurture right like a lot of that nurturing that she didn't do uh and then that's when you know peter kind of shows up like kind of after all of that so yeah it's it's not explicitly stated i'm just like at what age he was he dropped off yeah i'm totally giving a theory based on how she interacted with peter because there's definitely a love and a respect between the two Mm -hmm. there's a little bit of awkwardness as well when you know when peter uh you know he's let tony down uh he's he's had the suit taken away from him yeah and he's crushed yeah and he's on and he's he's, he's in let that his shirt yeah yeah it, and he's he's emotionally crushed he's physically spent uh he just got his arse handed to him you know by yeah. vulture and shocker and then he finds out that he's let tony down and by letting tony down he feels he's let the avengers down and, and he can't tell any of that to Aunt May. He can't tell that to Aunt May. He's let his his uh, decathlon team, not decathlon. Um, academic. The, it's an academic decathlon. Academic decathlon team. He's yeah. let them down. Yeah. And May wants to console him. And, you know, he's he's crying. And Tom Holland, this kid can act, man. Two thumbs this up. This kid's man. got some chops. Dude, right? dude was great. And I'm going to hit on a scene here. And I think you're going to totally see where I'm coming from where I just like, wow. Um, talk about humanizing of, of the Spider-Man character in a way that we have never seen. Oh, bless you. Woo. We Rhino Farrell brought his trumpet with him, <laughs> brought his nose trumpet. Yeah. <laughs> I guess what we're laughing at, he just sneezed a good hearty sneeze. So, you know, he's, he's sitting there and he's, he's crying and, and may comes over to kind of hug him and he, and he's kind of hugging her around the waist, but it's like this awkward, like, you know, but, but in a tender way, it's like, how much mom do I need to be right now? You know? And I love how she's kind of like, you know, she, she rubs his head and, you know, she tells him it's going to be okay. She's doing her best. And then she goes, you know, you really need to shower. You smell like garbage, you know? And, and it's like, that's the only kind of mom thing that she's got like right there. It's like, you know, hun, you really need to go shower. And he picks up on that. It's like, he, he recognizes she's really trying hard and he's like, I know. Right. And it, it was a tender moment where she's doing her absolute best. And that was a kind of a mom thing. You know, hun, you need to go take a shower. You smell like garbage. Right. <laughs> been muted this entire time 
Yeah, but I've I've heard you. I know. Uh, was it not recording? Well, yeah, I've been muted on on microphone this entire time since the sneeze. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's okay. All right. So, uh, <laughs> for the whole show, I'm like, all right, dude, we're canning it. We'll no, 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 <laughs> not the whole show. I just looked over at the meter and okay. it just like wasn't right. in it. So okay. since my sneeze okay. and that button kind of messes up. So yeah, uh, the gist of what I've been talking about for probably the past five minutes <laughs> that we get to edit, uh, is that I'm, I'm with you, John. And I feel like there was that push and pull of, you know, may being a mom versus may being that guardian, you know, maybe not, you know, not friend, not necessarily friend here, but, uh, you know, at this point, like how much do I mom you and how much do I let you just kind of, how much do I not have that place where she's like confused with her own position? So, um, absolutely. And Marissa Tomei did a fantastic job playing that, um, and, and, and displaying that. So kudos, obviously, to the acting chops of. And again, good, good casting, right? Good casting. I, you know, I remember when Marissa Tomei was originally cast, and you know, a lot of people were like, you know, what? I mean, it's like young Aunt May, and it's like no, an age appropriate Aunt May, (laughs) age appropriate Aunt May, and to quote uh, Tony from Civil War, Aunt Hottie, which I (laughs) yes, I agree one hundred percent. Which is funny too, because Marissa Tomei and Robert Downey Jr. actually have a nice little history together. They've done movies. They've done a couple movies together in the past. Yeah. So um, speaking of of Robert Downey, I got to say that uh, I was 100% wrong about how much Tony would be in this movie. This was the perfect amount of Tony Stark. We were so concerned this was going to be Tony and his little buddy Pete, you know, for for two hours. And uh, it definitely was not. It actually ended up being, you know, happy and his annoying little buddy Pete. I loved the happy. I loved the the return of Happy Hogan was so great. John Favreau is the him and he's awesome. Him and, and Vince Vaughn can deliver that dry line and just have you in stitches and just straight faced. And there's a reason why they work so well together in swingers, right? I mean, yeah. just and of just, course, that, like yeah. And that's like Tony's little little dig into Happy is putting Pete off on him and not yeah. giving in, you know, not giving him, you know, don't give him my number. He's you're the liaison. I'm not talking you're to the li- kid on. Yeah. I'm not talking to kid all the time. I've got other things to do. Like and Happy's just so annoyed at the fact that like he is the go-to guy for Peter. So great to see because you know I I, I didn't like uh, Happy's portrayal in in Iron Man three. Yeah. Um, you know, he was, I'm with you, man. It was yeah, a, he was essentially a, there yeah. to be cannon fodder uh, yep. and and to you know push Tony emotionally, uh, which which is okay. But, you know, the the way we were introduced to Happy in Iron Man and in Iron Man 2 is that, you know, then he just kind of becomes like this heavy in Iron Man 3. He's checking people's badges. He's throwing people out of, of Stark, you know, enterprises. Yeah, it was I don't a know. Very, just, that, he was a very different character. Uh, he was like mean Happy. Yeah. Like mean Hogan, you yeah. know, rather than yeah. happy Hogan, you know? Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it was very cool you, to man. see. I'm with you. Yeah. So. Very cool to see John Favreau back in the MCU. Uh, would love to see him have one more Marvel movie to direct. Um, yeah, man, he was, cause good. I still I think mean, Iron, Iron Man three, one and two were just, I still so think good. Iron Man three would have been a lot better with John Favreau at the helm, but you know, yeah, um, yeah. dude, Hey, the guy's making Disney movies right now. He's, he did the jungle book, which yeah. was 
unbelievable guys if you seriously if you have not seen the live action jungle book it's on netflix you're paying nine bucks a month for it watch it it's amazing (laughs) okay uh it is really good and he's going to be doing the live action lion king which i'm sure is going to be is equally great so yeah um it's cool to see favreau take some time away from doing these other great movies with disney and say yeah you know i'll come back and do happy he took he took a break from that whole scene to do chef uh, which was another, yeah, which he was which, fantastic in as well. You have Again, on Netflix, you're paying $9 a month yeah. for it. Watch Chef. Jerking, um, <laughs> oh man. By all, it yeah. was so good. Oh, Great man, film. I can't tell Great you how film, much yeah. I use that movie. Love seeing happy Hogan back. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, the, I, I loved the, the Tony portrayal in this, uh, especially on the heels of civil war. Uh, you get the feeling it's a Tony that has learned a little bit from the beatdown that he took uh, from Bucky and and Steve, uh, coming perilously close to not only killing Steve, uh, but then Steve almost killing him. Right. Uh, right. Because yeah. we talked about that before. It's like both of them had the opportunity for the kill shot. Tony probably would have taken it had Bucky not, you know, you know, Maybe. did the classic yeah. grab you by the foot, you know, yeah, move. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, trip him, yeah. you know, that, that darn Bucky grabbing you by the feet. <laughs> uh, but then when Steve had the opportunity for the kill shot with the shield, he just dropped it and walked away. Yep. And so, you know, we're seeing a Tony that, uh, well, he put it in his chest, but yeah, he, yeah he put it in his one. chest, but then, <laughs> yeah. you know, you know what I'm saying yeah, by yeah, walking yeah, away yeah. from it. Yeah. Uh, he broke the arc reactor, which essentially shut down the armor. Uh, so, uh, you know, we see Tony that is, you know, because the timeline in this movie is, you know, like it starts out like immediately after the Chitari invasion and then fast forward two months. And then by the time you've reached, um, the end of homecoming civil war hit uh, clearly has already happened. Right. And so, Oh yeah. Timeline because was at the beginning, very they, smartly. they yeah. cause he took a, it was kind of neat how they did. I liked that little intro when it's like yeah. his cell phone. He was taking, he was taking a video the entire time. Yeah. Yeah. Like I loved that. Yeah. It was so much fun. Very cool. Seeing um, Ant man, you know, just all of a sudden become giant man. Yeah. Such a great moment yeah. in civil war too. And so he's, he he's that. living in those, he's living in civil war. Like that's where, yeah. that's yeah, where yeah, he's, man. that's where he's, uh, you know, that's where, that's where, uh, well, and he's Parker's got that, at. he's got that great line too. When he tells Tony, when he's trying to tell Tony, he's like, yeah. dude, I'm ready. I'm not ready for the street level. And you know, Tony's like, you're not ready. You're not ready. He goes, I need you to be low key, friendly neighborhood, Spider-Man. And you know, and then Peter goes, uh, he says, well, pff, you know, I, I took cap shield and I love Tony, even though cap and Tony are, and I love the line too, that backtracking a little bit. Yeah. Hannibal Burris is the PE coach. Oh, loved Captain, loved Captain America's Burris. PSA announcements though. Yeah, so good. So great when he's like, I'm pretty sure this guy's a war criminal, but we got to listen to him anyway. <laughs> so which, which, which plays into Steve Rogers is clearly a wanted man by the U S government. Oh, yeah, I mean, he is, yeah. he's a, he is a criminal, right? Yeah. Well, he's broken he, the U S law. He's broken the Sokovia, the Sokovia accord. That right? is yep. law at yeah. this point. So he is, and, and I just love that. I'm pretty uh, sure he's yeah. a war criminal, but we got to watch this anyway. Yeah. So yeah, very cool. And I love, he's wearing the old Avengers outfit too. Oh, it's yeah, all like the, bright the, star spangly, bright, yeah. you know? Yeah. So cool. Um, but no, you know, Tony, you could tell even though him and, and Steve had, you know, <laughs> a near death experience at each other's hands, right? That he will still defend cap like to a certain point, right? Because you know, Peter goes, he said, well, I took captain America's shield and he quickly turns around and says, if cap wanted to crush you, he would have. 
Yep. You know, or Steve wanted to crush you, he would have. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Basically saying, don't get too excited, kid, because if you really wanted to go toe to toe with Cap, he would have beat you. Yep. He would have beat you. Well, he right? did. I mean, it's almost essentially like he he set up the situation where he stuck Spider-Man underneath a underneath a tractor trailer. And just walked away. Uh, so you're going to have to deal yeah. with the tractor. Well, yeah. he, he was just like, well, you know, what city, well, you know, where are you from? You know, Queens, Brooklyn, Queens, Brooklyn, a couple of New York <laughs> like, boys. Right. Yeah. And then he took off running the other direction. Like he, and that's what I like about Tony. And I like how they write Tony into those scenarios because even though Tony and Steve have their fight, they do. They're, mm-hmm. they're going to have their argument and they are fighting and they're, they, they are not in love. They, you know, they do not like each other right now, but at the top of the, but essentially they, he, Tony, especially, and we haven't seen caps reaction to any of this, but I think I can say this Tony and cap. It's like, um, it's like a, it's like a relationship. It's like a marriage. You may not like each other every single day that you're married, but you always love each other. And that's, yeah, and I and, think that's where we see with Tony and cap is that they've had a big fight. They've had a, they've had a huge squabble, right? They've had this huge fight and that almost that broke their relationship. But at yeah. the end of the day, neither one is going to allow anyone else to talk bad about the other one. Yeah. No, no one's going to talk any shit. No, that's Mike. That's my cap. Steve. That's my cap. Yeah. If anyone's no, going to talk gonna, bad yeah, about it's cap, me. it's me, not you, pal. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So that yeah. was very cool. Love that. Loves, you know, a little bit more of a, of a mature Tony Stark. Yeah. Uh, I, I felt the mentor role that he was taking was, wasn't completely out of character. Like all of a sudden we just see this crazy 180 turn. It still was a very selfish mentoring. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah it's Especially when we get to the end, right? Where, you know, Peter has, you know, quote unquote proven himself and sure. Tony's got a press conference. I'll set up. Tony is still like, Hey, it's showtime. It's showtime. We're going to introduce the people to the new Spider-Man and here's your new suit. And even though it was a test, he was still like, if Peter had said yes, well, we're going to parade you right out, right? Yeah, here, it would have been the, the deal. Member. It would have been, yeah. he would have followed through. With, and that's the thing, like Tony does a lot of things, um, but he's not going to set up a fake scenario. Correct. You know what I mean? Like he's not, yeah. he's, I'm not going to say he's not lying to anybody, but I'm not going to go as far as that statement. Well, well, but he's, yeah, he, because he's, he's lying to quite the truth. You yeah, know, he's, than, you know, but I'm saying once. like in, in certain scenarios, he's not going to be caught with his pants down. He's not going to get caught. Um, he'll do it. He'll do to the nines. He'll do everything to the nines. Make sure everybody is right where they need to be, even though he wants it to crash and burn. Yeah. Because yeah. it, because that's the only way there's truth behind it, even though like he tr- uh, clearly, I mean, that's, you know, couldn't be more obvious that he's wanted Peter Parker to say no, could not be more obvious that he was just like, know where you're at, know your place. Like, well, and he I, ultimately doesn't I, want, he doesn't yeah. want to be responsible for this kid. He just yeah, well, does. He told him that he goes, that yeah. if you die, that's on me and I can't handle that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Cause <laughs> it's going to be like, that'll be the end of it. <laughs> oh my Lord. But right. I think 15 year old kid dies yeah. because he recruited him yeah. into the Avengers. Yeah. At the same time, like he's not going to get caught with his pants down and just be like, and not, and have an empty room where there wasn't a bunch of reporters. Of course, he's going to make sure everything is done up just the way he, you know, could set it up as 
Um, which which brought us yeah. to the the surprise return of Pepper Potts. I don't oh think, yeah, I did Watching not Gwyneth see that Pastor coming through the door. Like oh we're and that was the you know what okay so of little, all the things I, I here gave we a go. little bit of an eye so, roll right there. That's if we're gonna if we're gonna yeah. do some nitpicking. Yeah. This is where yeah. the, I nitpick. I did a major eye roll after all the woe is me, my life is falling apart nonsense that he gave Steve uh, in Civil Pepper's War. Pepper's not calling. She moved out, you know, here we and are. Here she just what? comes trips and balls through the six months the, later. Like if that, <laughs> like I think they get a dysfunctional relationship. They get a dysfunctional relationship. Oh, it's well, bipolar, man. Yeah, well, it's up and you? down. <laughs> that's clear. Um, but and now they're apparently they're getting married. So, uh, yeah, like that was a little bit of a, that, I mean, what? okay. Like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So of all the things that, that I didn't say what to that I thought I would, you know, um, that I, that, that Marvel came out of the woodwork and knocked this one out of the park, uh, throughout the entire, all the, the laughs were greatly well-timed. Um, there wasn't any goofiness just to be goofy. We talked about that in guardians too, where oh, we saw no, a lot of Dave very, very few groans like wonder woman, very few grown moments. Very, very few, very, few, right? very, very few. In fact, I was trying to think of some before this show and I'm just like, you know what? I'll have to watch it again to really start to nitpick. But, I tell you, as of right now, like that, it, it took until Pepper Potts walking through the door for me to go. Oh, yeah, convenient. You know, convenient. And, yeah. and, and I, I didn't because it didn't make it to me like that was the plot that didn't make much sense. No, no, <laughs> but it, it really didn't. in terms of how it affects anything in the grand scheme of even the MCU, like how little that matters. Like it doesn't matter at all if Pepper is well, married I to mean, Tony, the, but at the, the same only time, you're thing, like, what is she doing there? Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the The only thing that I can potentially think of is that if they are legitimately getting married, okay, it says it's. It, yeah. it, it, it could this where we start to see you know uh, the exiting of Robert Downey Jr. as yeah, Iron yeah. Man. Right. You know, so because I mean, you know, hey, let, let's face it, you know, the these guys aren't going to play these roles yeah. for the next 20 years. No, right. I, no, I don't no. think anyone wants to see. They just extended, you know, you know Chris Evans contracts to cover the final infinity. Film. Correct. And, and Chris so, Evans is a little bit younger than Robert. Robert Downey's not like over the hill. OK, but I mean, he has gone on record as saying, 50, hey, I'm, yeah. I'm going to be 50 here. Yeah. pretty soon yeah. and you know i'm sure he's not arguing with these checks that disney keeps cutting him you know no. to you know reprise tony stark and kudos to him because there's a lot of actors who just would be like dude man i don't want to be you know michael keaton is one i mean one of the reasons why he left batman is because he didn't want to always be remembered as batman but what ended up happening to michael keaton's character or, or michael keaton the actor he was always remembered as Batman. You know, I mean, it's just like right. he left Batman to try to go on to these bigger and better things. And let's be very honest. It's not like he just, you know, was jumping over the moon when it came right. to like, yeah. okay. I mean, let's be very, very honest. I mean, yeah. if not even Tarantino could resuscitate your career and Jackie Brown for Michael Keaton, yeah. like he did for John Travolta in Pulp yeah. Fiction, yeah. Tarantino is what made John Travolta cool again. You want to know when John Travolta became cool again? Watch Pulp Fiction. Tarantino made John Travolta cool again. Mission accomplished. He tried to do it again with Michael Keaton. How do I make Michael Keaton cool again? Well, he was great in Jackie Brown, but 
you know, you look at Travolta after Pulp Fiction, dude, they were just handing him roll after roll. Yeah, and he was right. just eating yeah. it up. Yeah. Face yeah, yeah, Off, yeah, yeah. Broken Arrow, you know, I mean, just all these great action films. Dude, I will always love Face Off. So, I mean, would you like some wine with your cheese when it comes I to a movie? It, but Face Off is so freaking cool. I man. love Face Off. I Nicholas Cage, John Travolta you, just chewing through scenery in that movie. Oh, <laughs> I want to take his face. Face off <laughs> it's your volta <laughs> you good looking oh man those guys are just so great together <laughs> one of the best movies of all time face off oh, man. but so you know i mean I, I, there's a lot of actors who would be like man i don't want to be known for this character robert downey at this point is so comfortable in his own skin where he's just like yeah i'll play tony stark all right whatever the, I mean, I'm Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> I don't even know where one ends and the other begins, right? I mean, well, it's but, just... Kind of, and I love... Okay, so I and love... I, and I love that acceptance yeah. where Chris Evans was like, you know, a few years ago, he was kind of like, well, you know, I kind of want to get into directing. And then he's just like, wait a minute. This is actually pretty freaking cool, man. I'm playing yeah. Captain America. Yeah, dude. And I'm making a lot of money in these exactly. movies. Yeah. I'm making a lot of money. I think... I think know, with, and, and I get the yeah. feeling that these guys, Ryan, legitimately enjoy what they're doing. I think they're having fun. I really do. And, and you can see that in the performance on screen. As much as we didn't like Guardians Volume 2, I don't doubt for a minute that the cast did not have fun making that movie. I think because if you're around Chris Pratt for any amount of time, you're, you're in stitches. You're going to have some fun. Because you know, <laughs> yeah. the, the, even though you know, two of the main characters are, just, are voice actors in um, yep. Bradley Cooper and Vin Diesel, uh, the, the chemistry is still insane between mm-hmm. a CGI Bradley Cooper voiced character, yep. you know, standing alongside, you know, Chris Pratt. So, you know, I, I think just think it's very cool that, you know, t- you know, Robert Downey wants to continue to do this. We know Tom Holland's going to be playing Spider-Man for, you know, four more films, but yeah, I'm with you on the pepper pots thing. I mean, everything that we, we got a taste for in civil war, you know, she doesn't answer my calls. We're kind of on the rocks, herping, derping, derping. And then all of a sudden she comes waltzing through the door. I, I rolled hard on that i i didn't yeah. i could they could have not had that and it would have been just fine it could it have been someone else who walked yeah. through you know um of all that being said though i tell you it did not it wasn't a bad taste it, that left me you know no, in the movie no, at all. this is it wasn't no, this yeah it was it was a grown moment where you're like okay but yeah, at the, at the end of the day turning into pac-man yeah. level nonsense when the cr- when the credits start rolling i mean i i ah, man john i was so I had to, I had out of body like experience during this thing. <laughs> you Not, died. N- n- I mean, You're just on top because of the theater. It was, it, well, I had to kind of, I was, I, I saw myself in the third person a lot because I'm watching this movie and I am smiling like a goon through, through 95% of this movie. I'm laugh. It's fun. It was it's a fun, truly movie. It was fun. A very fun movie. Um, yeah. I'm laughing during the great, during all the great part. And it's just like, I kind of step back and I kind of remember while watching this movie, like I remember our conversation and I'm like, okay, like we, John, I mean, I can't tell you how nervous we were. Uh, we talked about it quite a bit. We didn't want to bash it. We weren't ready to tear it apart. We hadn't seen it. And that's never fair is to no, just rip apart no. trailers. Um, and I think our reasonables know we will never do that. We're not going to, no. I mean, we have like criticisms about inhumans, but I'm going to watch it before I start just blowing it up. Yeah. And that's, you know? that's the only, that's yeah. the only fair thing to do. Um, and I, and I may you, not uh, blow it up. Yeah, we may come back and just go, this is the best thing in the world, and I can't, I don't know why that trailer is out there, but this is awesome. Um, 
But I tell you, when I was, when we're sitting there in the movie theater and I'm just thinking about, I kind of flashback to that conversation. I'm just like, man, um, I am so happy because there was a lot of things that you and I spoke privately about that we didn't air. Um, and you know, we were not, uh, I'll put it this way. We were fair, but we weren't kind. Um, and we didn't pull punches. Uh, and we, you know, when we were taught, when we were talking about how we kind of felt about this upcoming movie and, um, I tell you, I'm so happy uh, that I'm so that I'm not necessarily wrong because I was just nervous about something. I didn't make a call about it. We didn't yeah. make any definitive statements about it, but I am so happy that all of that was put to rest uh, and and I got to enjoy a truly just it's a, sl- a slam dunk of a of a Marvel movie especially after kind of, you know, not comparatively either. This is not comparing it to Guardians. This isn't comparing it to anything else as a standalone. Man, this this hit a home run. It was great. Yeah, I I, I will echo a lot of that. Um, I, I would say that I'm still a little um, I, I wouldn't say that it, <clears throat> at least from my perspective, um, it's all cleared up for me because we're still we have spider. I guess we have Spider-Man trepidation. We have that, yeah, as a Spider-Man question, but not as an MCU homecoming question. Correct. I'm Correct. with you there. Like Spider-Man questions, yeah. I'm. We're still in a little like, okay, what's Sony going to do afterwards? But as homecoming stands, great job. Absolutely, absolutely, <laughs> yeah. and. Uh, th- there's one other scene that I want to mention uh, before we start wrapping up homecoming here that really i would say was probably the most emotional scene for me uh is you know we're we're towards the end he gets buried under a massive amount of rubble which Uh is actually a callback to uh some early spider-man comics and he's trapped and you know he's really just insanely over his head petrified the kid i mean he's hysterical And he he doesn't yeah. have the uh, spider, you know, the iron. We can basically call it the iron spider. I mean, his suit was essentially armor without being armor. I mean, right? the the iron spider was definitely the the suit that Tony had in this in the little yeah. case for him as he yeah. for the press conference. That is the, the but, iron spider but armor. That but was, what he was yeah. wearing was close enough to the iron training spider. wheels protocol. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. so you know he's he's buried under all this rubble, and and this is where we talk about great casting in a in a great moment uh that even though it's a comic book movie it doesn't mean that it has to be schlocky and cheesy oh yeah that you know throughout all of these mcu films uh and and even in the dceu films there's there's a moment of emotional impact where you're like Okay, you know, and, and even even as much as you know, I I feel about Iron Man three, sure, how man. we feel about yeah. Guardians Volume two. There's still those moments of emotional impact in there, mm-hmm. yeah. And you know, Civil War was packed with it, you know. Yeah. Um. Every everything from you know Rhodey, you know, crashing to the ground, yeah. uh, to the the end scene, you know, where Cap throws his shield and. Tony tells him you, you never, you know, you don't deserve it. Right. Uh, What a dig, right. To, you know, Steve falling on the grenade, you know, in boot camp, Mm -hmm. um, all of those emotional moments. Uh, and here you have one in homecoming that 
quite honestly, none of the other Spider-Man movies ever really had. Nope. I would say save for when Uncle Ben dies in the original Spider-Man. With Tobey Maguire. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. I, I, I can still watch that scene today, man and dude, and I am fighting the tears. I mean, whew, right? Yeah. Great moment. Andrew tried it not quite as not quite as strong as yeah. Maguire's. But this scene in Homecoming where he is buried under the rubble and he, you know, he's just uh, he's trying to get up and he he's screaming for help. Oh my god, yeah. Help me. Mm-hmm. And it, his voice is cracking. Mm-hmm. He's shaking. You know, and he's he's wearing you know Ben Riley. I know, know. I love Spider-Man. that. I love that little callback suit. Yeah, I love the little. I love that. And you know, it would have been very very easy for the writers to have Iron Man come in. Oh yeah, and Why not? and save him. Sure. Right? Would have been very easy. Almost would have been expected, right? That honestly, like I was, I was bracing. I was, I was for waiting that. for it. I was bracing I was for it. it. Yeah. I was like, yeah, please. I was praying against everything. You know, please. The <laughs> I pray to the watchers here. Like, please don't let <laughs> right. Iron Man intervene. Like because yeah, because it, of because when he started when I'm with you, man. When he starts screaming and when he's like in hysterics and he's having a panic attack and he's just you can because he thinks he's dead. He thinks he's, he's dying. Like and yeah. as a and as a 15 year old, how he's processing that. Like he's not. You know what I mean? Like it's just desperation to live. Yeah, because like, there's no Spider-Man there's no can dying be, with honor at this point. Like yeah. Spider Man can be killed. Yeah. I mean, he no, a, a, a big fall to the ground will yeah, kill him. I mean, he's not right? Wolverine. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So when he's, well, I'm with you, man. Like I got total, I got goosebumps, had that lump start creeping and. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. And just, and like, he just that, you know, where he just, it's everything he can do to just, you know, that is when, when without sounding like really cliche, sure, that right. is when Peter right. Parker became Spider-Man. Absolutely. That is when yeah. he became Spider-Man. Yeah. It, it wasn't when he. Defeats um, Vulture or anything like that. Well, and then the second moment is when Vulture's, you know, wing armor is overloading because he's carrying too much uh, and has been damaged in the fight. Yeah. Peter, and, you know, and Tombs, kind of strange that Tombs didn't seem to recognize that it was malfunctioning. I felt like for, or, a, for such a smart, like, guy, I don't know if that was like the overhill of just like, I've got to get away with something. I think that, I think that's really, it's like, like you get, at this point, like, like, like this arrogance, I can get away. I can I've get away. I can get away. So I've got to grab yeah. just something. Right. So yeah, that and, was a little, that was a, it felt like just slightly out of character. It wasn't full out of character, but it was just definitely like a moment. It was a plot moment. Like I'll just put we it can, that way. We can spin it. We can spin yeah, it and, you can and spin find an thing. answer yeah. in there. But you can apologize. But, you know, for when, and, and then, you know, Peter shoots the webbing and he's holding on to him and it, not to keep him from escaping so much. No, no he was trying to when get he him yells out, out. Yeah. When he yells out to him, I'm trying yeah. to save your life. Yep. Yeah. That was another moment where I'm like, yep. man, you guys, thank you. Uh-huh. Finally yeah. nailed Spider-Man on film. Yeah. You, you got it. You nailed it. It's, it's a kid. He's, he's a kid. And he's yeah. like, you know, I don't want to kill people. And he even tells me, he's like, I don't, you know, like with the, the kill protocol, the, yeah, it's like, yeah. I don't want to kill <laughs> Turn people. Turn on instant kill. Whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah, whoa, whoa. I don't want to kill people because, you know, people? Spider-Man doesn't kill, man. He just, he doesn't. And so I thought those two moments were great. I do want to call out a very funny moment 
um, that I I think was a very clear dig, though meant it good natured because DC did it to Marvel, and I think sure, Marvel sure, did sure. it back. Uh, a dig at Batman with the interrogation voice. Oh it was a clear yeah. dig. Oh, that was at the, so- at the new at the new Batman <laughs> yeah. armor, which is a voice modulator, right? Yeah. Very clear dig at at Ben Affleck Batman, and I think it was done good nature. I don't think they were trying to, to insult you know, each other. No, because if you've seen Lego Batman, the the password to the Batcave is Iron Man sucks. Um, <laughs> <laughs> which um you know so dc gave a little dig you know because bruce wayne tony stark you know super yeah. rich guys yeah, yeah, yeah. um so yeah so i think that was their okay and i'm sure the guys at marvel probably got a good kick out of you know you know batman going you know pewter open bad cave password iron man sucks you know i mean just <laughs> <Yeah>. great <laughs> yeah so i felt that was a little bit of a dig at the, at sure. the ben affleck batman totally cool with it i Donald get the Glover's, uh small role I tell yeah. you, and I tell you, that was a, that was I love that he was in the movie, even though he didn't play a huge part. Um, Donald, uh, I don't know how many people know this. There's a lot of people. This it was a very popular uh, like run at it. But after Andrew Garfield, um, after they killed the contract because they were going to bring Spider-Man into uh, into the MCU, mm-hmm. uh, there was this multiple online petition to put Donald Glover as Peter Parker. As, and, well, I thought he was going to be Miles Morales. I thought they were going to they wanted well, him as the Miles Morales version. Yeah, well, he or, that's or am I that's wrong on that? well because Miles Morales was um, hitting the shelves at the time. Like they redid yeah. Miles. Uh, there was this big like spin it as Peter, put Donald Glover as Peter Parker, make Peter Parker you know Spider Man as Donald Glover, which I tell you would have been. Um, I don't think that would have worked very well. Uh, I don't no. think Donald Glover is not, he's clearly thirties something here. Like, you know, like as much as I like Donald Glover, the dude's in his thirties and you can tell. Yeah, no, like, it, 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 it has nothing to do with it. It has nothing to do with a race thing or, or just his like, acting it's an chops. age thing or his acting age chops. Thing. The dude, the dude's great. He was awesome in community. And, and here we go, you know, just another sequence of seeing more community members, uh, of yeah. the TV show inside of the MCU. Um, you know, we get to see, and it's not, you know, Russo brothers directed a lot of community episodes. So, you know, we get to see that, but, um, I tell you, it was a definite nod, I think to the, all of that conversation of having Donald Glover in Spider-Man. Um, I think, I, I think I mentioned it not too long ago, Donald Glover is working on an animated Spider-Man series. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it was a very cool, I love that he was in it. Um, I'm, I, you know, I'm a kind of a, a, a either apologist or I just like Donald Glover stuff. I think he's, I think he's great. He's a great comedian. He's a great music. Uh, he does some really interesting hip hop. So, uh, but anyway, I, I really liked his role in that. And he's childish Gambino. Yeah. Childish Gambino. Yeah. 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 Oh no, I agree. I, I, I liked his little, uh, you know, a couple spots that he had yeah. in there and I agree with you. He, he would not have been a good pick for no, Spider-Man. Not you, you at needed, all. <laughs> yeah. For this turn, for this turn, you needed someone who was, you know, a teenager bringing in that high school life. Uh, a couple quick things. Uh, loved the, the two end credit scene. He had a mid credit scene. Yeah. Uh, tombs yeah. and scorpion running into each yep. other in prison. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I love tombs reaction in that he knows Peter was trying to save him. And, you know, and all throughout the movie, you know, Toombs refers to himself as a family man. He is a family man. And, and for sure. all the, yeah. 
you know, was he even really an evil guy? You can kind of debate that. Okay. But everything he did was for his family. And he saw that, you know, Peter, you know, spoiler alert, tombs is Peter's love interest dad, which by the way, thank you guys for not telegraphing that. That was a big surprise. Yes. That big was surprise. awesome. I love did not see that not coming seeing that in the trailers. Love that surprise. <laughs> thank you for not playing that card or like foreshadowing the heck out of it. Yeah. But I think that the tomb saw that, you know, Peter was, you know, treating his daughter with respect and the fact that Peter was trying to save save him at the end and did save him and you know easily could have you know beat him up killed him crippled him whatever but chose not to i love tombs you know basically saying yeah i know who spider-man is and i'm not and i this is the one thing that i owe you peter parker yeah i don't owe you anything but this right because i will never tell anybody who you are yeah that's for me to know and whether it's for selfish reasons or he's like okay I owe you one and this is it. Yep. I thought that was great. Thought that was super yeah. cool. He's and very loyal. Course, the, He's very, he, yeah. he, you know, I think that was kind of the, the picture of him to say, look, like that's the reason why he says he didn't kill him in the car. Like I'm, I'm not killing you right now because you saved my daughter. And, but yeah. from here forward, I will kill you. This is your one. This is your pass right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then again, like he saved his life again. Yeah. He saved his daughter like, and he and saved him. him. Yeah. And so I think like when it comes to that one moment where he could give up Spider-Man, he's got to reserve that first moment to not giving him away. Absolutely. So, Loved it. Yeah. And then of course the end with Captain America, I thought was so great when oh, he's like, yeah, you're talking about patience. You wait so long <laughs> for so little, um, so breaking funny. that, you know, essentially kind of breaking that fourth wall with us. Yeah, uh, that was really good. You know, he's just wearing that stars, which I, I, not my personal favorite Captain America, the bright, outfit yeah, the from bright the blue and red. Yeah, oh, just star spangly as can be. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that was, that was a great end credit scene. Yeah. Um, really fun. So yeah, very cool stuff, man. I agree. Homecoming. Uh, I don't know if I would say hard slam dunk. I would say a good, like a, just a good uncontested layup is where I would put it. <laughs> um, uh, which, uh, you know, I would say the same thing about, you know, we don't want to compare, but I would say, you know, very similar to wonder woman, wonder woman wasn't a complete, like, you know, breaking the glass, you know, slam yeah. dunk for me, but just that good solid man. I just laid yeah. this up in your face. You had no defense for me. Uh, fantastic. Uh, it this is what great. I do plan on seeing again, theatrically. I think yeah. it's well worth a, I definitely a, a repeat get, yeah. visit to the theater. Yeah. I'm I, with you there. Yeah. I want to get a second watching on this one. Um, but I tell you that, uh, I don't know. Man. I don't know. There's not much else to say about it, but no, um, no, I, I it. love the fact <laughs> that, um, what I can tell you this, the, I did, uh, I was right, uh, because this is not something that we broadcasted, uh, cause it sounded just a little too cynical uh, for me. I didn't want to put it out there, but I did text you and I said, here's my, here's my plot guesses for the film. Uh, you know, with the, when they, they, cause they released or they, they put it in the trailer that he had the training wheels protocol. Um, and they put that part in the trailer and I said, John, I bet you anything that they're going to hack the training wheels protocol. And that's when Spider-Man goes like big time Spider-Man. And that's when he's going to save the people on the, on the train, on the, uh, the ferry, like that ferry scene happens after he hacks that suit for sure. And then that's when he gets the suit taken away. And then he of course builds him back up again. 
I called it. I have no yeah, problem yeah, calling it. And, yeah, and it's yeah, not, yeah, but that's yeah, not a, here's, here's my own response to that. Um, doesn't freaking matter. <laughs> um, even though I understood kind of like where this was going, it was not really that hard to guess. If I can guess it, I know a lot of people probably guessed it. Um, not that hard to guess where the movie was going. However, the journey was, was so good that knowing essentially kind of those little points, I didn't care. I was, yeah, I, I, yeah. I was totally wrapped up in the journey of this movie and it did not matter that I knew those little things. Uh, <laughs> as, is, yeah. as is the case with most trailers, uh, there was also a clip from the trailers that was not in the final uh, movie and that was the brief scene of Spider-Man and Iron Man. Yeah, the double, the, yeah. when they're flying together. Yep, that was out. Yeah. So when, did, he, was a, did they do the... I may have been, I may have looked away from the, the movie screen for a, a split second, but I think I missed when Vulture was coming down when that upshot and he's like flying down uh, and the, like it's the sunlight's behind him and he's like in a tower looking, it looks like a tower around him and it's a very clear, it's like a, the picturesque shot of Vulture uh, where uh, the camera's on the yeah, ground looking think, up and he's, yeah, he's I think like that shot was down. in there. Yeah, I think that shot was in there. Yeah, cause I feel like I missed that. Um, uh, that shot, but I was very glad to see, uh, not to see this, that like dual flyaway shot because that's what got us worried about how much yeah. is Iron Man going to be in this movie because buddy, buddy, if, buddy. They're, if yeah. they're buddy, if this is a buddy comedy, then I'm out and yeah. it, it not was yeah. not at all. They, they no, they, no, yeah. my, my guess is that that was probably, uh, a scene that takes, takes place after the rescue of the ferry. Uh, and they're flying back to flying back together. And then yeah. they have their discussion. And I definitely, and, and if that's the, if that's the case, um, because if you go back and you watch that trailer and you kind of look at where they're at, I, if I remember, I think you see the harbor, you see the like bay off to or the, the left. harbor. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. But I think it was good because that shows, uh, the, how they, how they set up that scene where he, you know, where he tells Tony, he's just like, well, what can I do? What can I do? And, you know, of course, the old, you know, the old adage, well, you've done enough. Um, and then doesn't really talk to him and tells him to meet him. He doesn't tell him to meet him anywhere. He just kind of like Iron Man does his thing and saves people and puts the shit back together. And then like maybe has to go cool off before he talks to this kid. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Like he's so yeah. hot that he's just like, dude, just sit on this rooftop and I will, I will find you because yeah, I will find you. Don't worry. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. yeah. Well, we're, we're both in agreement. Homecoming, uh, definitely exceeded our expectations. Mm -hmm. Uh, good movie future. Still little, but for right now, for right now, we certainly enjoyed it. Great chapter, uh, added to the MCU. Uh, definitely freshens the the palette after oh, yeah. the so-so Guardians Volume 2. Oh, yeah. yeah. And so, yeah, man. So I would say, you know, so far this summer, I mean, our superhero movies are done for the summer. Mm-hmm. We had three. We had Guardians, Wonder Woman, and uh, Spider-Man Homecoming. We went two for three. So pretty good, I think. Yeah. No, you know, I think it was great. We I went two for three. Good. We went two for three. And Wonder Woman and Spider-Man both uh, far exceeded. Well, yeah, I, th- I would say going into Wonder Woman, I think our our expectations were like, you know, this is probably going to be really good. You know I mean? We're like, you, you know, you're going to well, have to really. We both had said that Wonder Woman yeah. was going to be the movie to beat. Um, yeah. Uh, and we don't want to compare the two franchises. It's not about a franchise I, fight. It's not. It's not. Though. 
I will I, I will still say probably just because we hadn't seen her big screen other than the little snippets in Dawn of Justice. I think Wonder Woman still had a little bit more of an impact for me just because it was the first time seeing her. Yeah. But boy, I'll tell you, Homecoming, thank you, Marvel, Sony, for giving us a Spider-Man. Oh, yeah. That comic book fans have wanted to see on film that really from beginning to end, while there's a few things we can go, hmm, uh, as is the case with every comic book movie, we are like, wow, thank yeah. you, fantastic, and excited to see where it goes from here, but we're still a little... Hmm. We'll see what Spider-Man, yeah. and not knowing yeah. what Spider-Man's complete future is, I'm not concerned about you know Spider-Man 2 or Spider-Man 3, because we Holland can't keep his mouth shut, so we know there's going to be a Spider-Man 3 in the MCU. Um, yeah, so, as well as two uh, two Avengers films. So we know he's got yeah, four so more he's coming. Got, yeah. At least four more. So um, I'm not concerned and, and about that at all. Ex- and we don't know the extent that he's going to be in uh, Infinity War. Uh, uh-huh. There was a still shot released today of Doctor Strange and Peter Parker interacting. Yep, yeah. uh, so, you know, I mean, you know, Avengers Affinity War is going to be like packed. Oh, man. With characters. So, yeah. you know, I know there's going to be, be real. Yeah, yeah. Going to be real interesting to see, you know, who gets, you know, obviously, you know, Iron Man's going to get his screen time. Cap's going to get his screen time for sure. Dude, I, I know we need to move on because the show's going long. There is one other thing that I wanted to add that, that people seem to be scratching their head over. IGN calls it one of their what, you know, WTF things of homecoming, which I don't really understand why this would be considered a WTF moment. Well, because it'll, you'll click on the article. Probably. Uh, but, you know, as Happy is loading up the, the cargo jet at mm-hmm. the former Avengers Tower, mm-hmm. uh, you know, he's kind of giving a rundown of the items that are in there. And he makes a comment. He goes, and Cap's new prototype shield. Yep. Well, you know, some people have been like, well, why would Cap have a prototype shield if, you know, Steve Rogers is on the run? It, it's very simple and easy to put together. Okay, I, I didn't have a problem with it. Well, it, it's very easy to put together. Captain Steve Rogers walked away from Captain America. Essentially, he is not Captain America right now. When he threw that shield down to Tony, he's like, there you go. Right. You know, Steve Rogers never asked for the name Captain America. It was just kind of given to him to promote war bonds and whatnot. And then he just eventually ends up going into battle. So it's just a name that was given to him. It's not like he was like, Hey, from now on, you refer to me as, you know, Captain America, pal, you know, it just was kind of given to him. He willfully walks away from that title, from that position and, and him and Bucky go off and they, they go to Wakanda. So, don't be surprised guys that there's a new captain America. The Avengers needs a captain America and Steve Rogers has not been the only person to don the the red, white and blue to wear the captain America uniform. So it's very, it's very easy to answer the Avengers right now are how many Avengers are there? There's like three. (laughs) Yeah. There's iron man. There's a crippled war machine and vision. Who else is there? Black Widow's on the run. Ant-Man and Falcon and Hawkeye are in prison. Mm-hmm. Right? Steve and Bucky are... Bucky's gone. in Bucky's, Wakanda. Bucky's sleeping. You know, he's, yes. he's, he's a popsicle a again. <laughs> yeah. Black, uh, Black Panther's in Wakanda. He's not an Avenger. Yeah. At least not yet. Thor, right? and, Thor and Hulk are out. Well, yeah. Thor is technically still an Avenger, but he's... 
He's but dealing he, with some other things. He's not, he's not, he's clearly not hanging out. You know, he's yeah, not being Banner's, called upon. Yeah. And Banner's missing. So Banner took a space ride somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Right. Clearly. And Quinjet just kept going up and up and up. Apparently. Right? Uh, yeah. So the Avengers ranks are a little thin. So of course, well, what's Tony going to do? He's the market man, right? Yeah. He's got access to soldier serum. He's got access to all that. Well, he's clearly got well, the he, shield. He's always going to get the shield. Here's, here's my thought. I, you I just like make it, a new yeah. captain America. You just make a new captain America. I like, okay. So I, I'm with you. I think that's, that's my I, theory. That's like my that theory. theory. I like the theory a lot. Here's, I'll give you my theory. Um, I don't think it's even that complicated. I think, uh, as we've kind of discovered again, you know, like we were talking before, you know, an hour ago, these Captain America and Iron Man, they got in a fight. They still love each other deep down. There is, there is something there. And Tony is a tinkerer. The dude is going to tinker with anything yeah. and everything. He but always needs to be working. He's got to be busy. So I think at some, of course, to me, of course, at some point he, it doesn't matter what him and captain are fighting about or him and Steve are fighting about he's going to continue to work on things that he knows can protect his friends. And he knows that he's going, you know, he, he's going to do those things. I think it's just simply that where he was just like, okay, like I've built, you know, I've built a new spider suit for, for Pete. Uh, you know, I built this for this person, you know, I'm going to build a new shield for cap. I don't think I, I, it's like, to me, that wasn't even a, to me, that was just like, well, that's just Tony. That's just Tony's character. That's not, anything to go crazy about or, or it could have just story. already been a shield he was working on already or yeah it was just his prototype shield that was sticking around for a long time and well, if it's he, made out he of built he built all of cap's upgrades you know the electromatic uh mm-hmm. wrist you know that he could he could pull put the shield on easily he don't have to take it off with leather wrist straps he built all that stuff for him already so technically he's already upgraded the shield a few times um not surprising that he would continue to be working on it even after they had their falling out. Well, in, in who else on the planet can afford vibranium? Well, there's and a, yeah. he's not just going to, and even if it's uh, a shield that cap may never use again, no, or he's going to make he's it. Just not, he's just not going to leave vibranium just hanging around yeah. because I mean, it's make number one, it's expensive yeah. and it can be weaponized. And so why would he just, if even if he was working on this shield, like in between Avengers one and Avengers two, sure. he's not just going to leave it laying around. Yeah. Right. So, yeah, I don't know why that would be considered a WTF moment. It's ridiculous. Think of better things to get clickbait for. Like, (laughs) I don't, you know, that Tony shield or cap shield is, is by far on the lowest list of talk about Gwyneth Paltrow. Like, why don't you talk about pepper pots and WTF? Like, why don't you talk about that one? That was, that's a better WTF moment. If Thor left his belt behind, how's he keeping his drawers up? You know, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Okay. So homecoming, you know, we say yeah. home, home run yeah, from homecoming. Home run all right, dude. Uh, time, time is getting long. Um, we are, we're just a little bit over two hours. I, I don't want this show to go by though, uh, without making a mention of let's, a let's couple wrap of things. With that. Oh, yeah. Let's wrap with our, yeah. with the, I, you know, 
just a couple of quick things. Uh, I want to give a shout out to a local comic book shop that I visited mm-hmm. a couple weeks ago uh, in Apache Junction, Arizona. They go by Apache Comics. Uh, very cool joint. Talked to the uh, one of the co-owners there, man, for probably like a good hour and a half. Uh, we, James and I, just kind of hung out in the in the comic yeah. shop. Very much an old school shop, you know, uh, toys, comic books, back issues like you wouldn't believe just a very cool shop, very old school. And guys, I'm going to get up on my soapbox, Ryan's soapbox a little while ago. I'm going to get up on mine. This is why guys, I firmly believe in the importance of buying your books in print. I'm not saying all the time. My iPad's got comic books on it, guys. I, I'm, I, I am prone to the digital 1am purchase. Okay. Yeah. But this conversation that I had with this guy, this is where our comic book community lives and thrives. And we got shows like, you know, Reasonable Fanboys, and there are other just fantastic comic book shows that you can listen to that do a great job. And and we're fans of those. But it's the comic shop is where that community can be found. And, and where you're just sitting and you're talking with a co-owner. And, you know, and I told him that I had a show and I, I wasn't there to like, you know, pimp the show or try to create some sort of business partnership. None of that stuff, man. We were just simply talking comic books and we were talking everything from the crash of the 90s to the speculation market dude he's showing me books that they they've got 400 books 500 books i mean it's amazing what they've got in wow. this shop yeah and james was loving it not just because it's comic books and they've got great toys but he was experiencing history of comic books i mean this guy is handing my 10 year old son spider-man comics from the 60s that he's got priced at $250 and $300 and he's handing it to him now on a bag bagged and boarded. Okay. He's not handing him the book. Right. And so I was like, Hey, you know, and you know, James being very respectful, it's like, you know, you know, these don't come out. We're not, we're not reading these, but my son is holding a comic book that has, you know, a $300 value. And we're talking with this comic book show, rich history of comics guys. That is where our community started. And that is where our community thrives. And yeah. I just want to encourage everybody, guys, I love the digital purchase. Okay. That's where I had to get my copy of Shirtless Bear Fighter. It's sold out. I, I couldn't get a hard copy. Yeah. I had to. Yeah, right. Yeah. It's sold out. Rightfully so. If there was ever an oddball book, that's it. Don't know if I'm going to stick with it, but man, that first issue is pretty, pretty fun. Yeah. I had to get it digitally because it's sold out. That's I awesome. really wanted. Yeah. yeah. I wanted that hardcover or not hardcover. I wanted that hard copy just so I could support a very off the wall book that I don't even know if image is going to stick with. We'll see. Sure. But, um, but you know, I had to make that digital purchase, but guys, I just, again, I want to encourage you, you know, get to your local comic shop, support these guys. It's, it's a tough market to be in these days because there are so many great ways that you can get books. You can buy them on your, on your smartphone, your tablet, your computer, Amazon, all these places. But man, he straight up told me, he's like, look, he said, if it wasn't for Iron Man in 2008, he goes, comic book shops would be like, like on the dodo list. Mm -hmm. Like we are, we're a, you know a dying breed he goes seriously he goes if it wasn't for iron man he goes i don't know if we'd be around well and we I just mean, had it we just yeah. had it yeah hold on one second we just had a comic shop close in mesa mesa comics had to close their doors and that sucks yeah 
you know, I'll just, I'll just call it as that sucks. And so, sorry to see him go. Um, yeah. Hindsight being 2020, they, they probably focused a little too much on, on uh, the, the card market, yeah. magic, the gathering Pokemon, yeah. you know, th- th- there's definitely a market, but you know, when you, when you promote yourself as a comic book shop, but yet when you go in there, it's like, it skews heavy uh, to card based yeah. games, yeah. but still it was a comic shop that, that serviced a, a, a nice little area. And they had to close their doors. They, yeah. they couldn't make it. And so um, I, I want you to get to your point. Um, but I just want to give these guys a shout out. Apache Comics. If you're in Arizona, give them a, a, a look. They joke. Uh, they're like, yeah, we kind of stole our font from Atomic Comics. Yeah. <laughs> if you remember them, guys. And we even talked about Atomic Comics. And we've talked point. about it on this. Yeah. Sh- yeah. yeah. We've talked about it on this show um, of, you know, a great comic book shop that unfortunately and a t- had a terrible demise. Uh, if you haven't heard this story, well, Atomic Comics. Yeah, was- that was the worst way. And that's how that's how yeah. this thin line. I was gonna, that's what the point I was going to actually bring yeah, up. Go ahead. That thin thread that a lot of these guys, how these guys operate. You know, Atomic Comics um, in Phoenix had four stores, four stores, four yeah. stores, mm-hmm. and you would think that amazing a, that, stores, by the way, oh, amazing the, comic the, book stores. They had the the full size three D plastic metal care, you know, full size, six foot Iron Man that was full, you know, full plastic, not like a cutout or anything like that, but just these like really fantastic figures. They had, um, they had customized, uh, like superhero busts, uh, from Hulk and, and like just, it was, it was the comic store that you could and if get. They, and if they didn't anything. have it, they would get it for you. Oh yeah. I mean, it was just, it was that simple. They had a back issue catalog, Ryan, oh, yeah. that was, I don't even know how they got to that point, yeah. but it was nuts. It's seriously, if they didn't have it, number one, it'd be very rare, yeah. but they would get it for you. Yeah. They would get it for you. But the, but the shoestring budget that, you know, and this was 2000, uh, gosh, nine, 2010. So this was like right yeah. after the Iron Man thing. Mm-hmm. Atomic opened up another store. Um, they, they started country club and yeah. baseline. Yeah. It's where samurai comics is right now. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. uh, then, I mean, just the, you can think I was just get to my point, the thin thread that atomic comics operated on, uh, happened in such a way when they had, uh, a car, go crashing through the front window of literally one of a their, car. A, literally a car crash through the front window of their, one of their four stores, the entire operation went down and there was, yeah, there was some, of course there was some high dollar comics that got ruined, but oh, the cost, like one of a kind yeah. comics that were just, you, you can't replace. Yeah. I mean, just, but literally instead driven of driven over and ruined. Oh yeah. But instead of just lost inventory, the three other stores weren't making enough to even pay for the pay for the repairs and pay for the damages and pay for not necessarily just the lost comics because that's inventory right but yeah they they may have had enough inventory to to shuffle along with but they couldn't even fix the windows and so when you think about these comic book stores there may be a few in your market i know there's a few around here i i called out titan moon for um uh, for, for being at, at Alamo on Saturday when I was there, it was really awesome to see them, um, representing the fact that hashtag comics rule. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, that's, that's what it is. And it's awesome to see these guys, but I tell you the margins of a comic book store are not large 
and they razor re- thin. They are they yeah, razor thin. They, those owners are not making a ton of money. They're not going home to their mansions at night. I tell you that. So when to echo John's point here, and I and I echo it as well. And I of course like I've got uh, you know I've got a, a closet full of of comics right now, but I also have an iPad full of comics. <laughs> and same I t- here, brother. Same here. The, but the importance is is that when you represent your local shop and that wherever you are anywhere in the world london um you know the ukraine wherever you operate odessa texas odessa <laughs> i don't know why i picked odessa i, I just we might odessa, have a listener texas. there i don't know yeah. <laughs> um but wherever you are, please um, stop in occasionally. I'm not, you know, obviously we're not going to tell you to spend your money. You spend your money where you want to, but <laughs> spend all of, find spend, a local comic book shop and guys start, and spend all and of your money. Start laying down the credit cards. But <laughs> I mean, truly, like if you can feel like you have the time to go and shop at a comic book store, make time for that. You, you, you know, you, there's very much easy. It's easy to be convenient. We talked at the beginning of this episode about convenience in music. It's easy to be convenient when it's very easy to be convenient when it comes to comics. Um, challenge yourself a little bit. I have to challenge myself to make sure that I still go and represent a, a represent a comic book store, um, and help and just dive back into my community. Um, we, this is not an invincible, it's like Spider-Man, right? It's strong, it looks good, but it has a lot of weaknesses, uh, and we need to make sure that we support those people. Uh, yeah, thanks, man. I, I'm, I'm so glad you echo that, and, and I knew that you would. It just, you know, when you, when you spend that time and uh, of just getting to know, you know, Mike is his name, he's one of the, the co-owners. That's awesome. And, yeah, and it just... Uh, it it is a vital part of just the whole community and yeah. you know bought bought a few books there about a couple you know uh secret empire uh number four there i wanted to get shirtless bear fighter he was sold out which prompted me i had to get it on my ipad but um i want to i want to talk about one book that i picked up from there yeah and it's one that uh, i'm going to show it to you needed to be back in my collection oh yes very nice yeah. So, you know, I've shared with the reasonableness, you know, I had quite the comic book collection throughout my high school years and, you know, late junior high years. I had a lot of books and I had a lot of collectible books. And uh, since I made the decision uh, to not do student loans for school, uh, don't take that as an indictment. If you did, okay, that was just the choice that I made because uh, I didn't want to leave school uh, with a lot of debt. Sure. Yeah. Um, and so uh, a lot of my comic books I sold to pay for my way through school and I never regretted it. I don't look back on it and go, oh my gosh, that was so stupid. Nope, not at all. Though there were several books that I wish I hadn't. One of them is, and I just flashed it to Ryan, is my black poly sealed bleeding Superman logo, death of Superman issue, Superman number 75. Uh, I wish I had never parted ways with it. And uh, not just because I'm a DC fanboy, though there's a lot of that. Uh, It was such a a amazing book of the 90s and despite what rob liefeld says uh image uh did not kill superman despite what he says yeah yeah uh (laughs) 
but we'll let him think that. Um, it was such a seminal moment in comic book history because I mean, you literally, you, you killed Superman. I mean, it was like, and this is what unfortunately was kind of a double-edged sword. Uh, this book along with about a bazillion image and valiant number ones that you can now get for like a quarter a piece. Yeah. Started the speculation market. Uh, but it was this book that after being about a year and a half away from comics drew me back in, uh, as well as image. And it, it always just hurt me that, you know, I didn't have this book anymore. And cause, uh, I, I wanted it to be something that I could pass along to my son. Cause you know, he's read the death of Superman. He thinks that story is super cool. And I wanted a sealed one. And I wouldn't have this book. And you're like, well, John, you can find this online. You know, you could buy it on your iPad. Yep. You're right. I could. I could buy yeah. Superman number yeah. 75 uh-huh. to the DC app. You yeah. bet. Yeah. I certainly can. I could buy it, read it, and never wear out, never get old, right? As long as I back up my iPad, <laughs> it'll yeah. be fine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and even then, I think they store them all on their servers anyway. Uh, but if it wasn't for a comic book store, that I could walk into. Mm-hmm. And after getting to know the owner and talking with him, I was like, you know what? I said, I want that Superman number 75. Man. I said, how much you want for it? He goes, 25. I said, I'll give you 25. Um, at one point, this book used to be 250. Yeah. 25, well, I thought. Yeah. But it's still sealed. Black poly bag sealed. I've got it bagged and boarded in a brand new bag and board. It's got the card in there and everything. Yeah never been open so yeah man i just wanted to show that off maybe i'll maybe i'll get that up on it yeah get up on the twitter yeah i'll tweet it little death of superman you know and guys it's not a tough one to find it really isn't um there were so many of these printed but yeah this will we talk about when we talk about the tangibility of comics um without getting super emotional ryan you know how cool it is to sit and hold this book again i yeah it's Uh, very cool i imagine it is very cool john it is very cool to sit in and it's unopened which is fine i've only read the story about 100 million times right but to sit and hold a superman 75 a book that was so important to me as a collector because the story was great to now have this back in my collection as small as my collection is now in terms Mm -hmm. of single issues Collected volumes is, is a little out of control, yeah. but in terms of single issues, it is super cool to be holding this book yeah. again. Uh, and I caught James the other day. He opened up the box and he's like, this is so cool. And I'm yeah. like, it is cool. It is cool. It is cool. And you can't, you can't go wrong with that logo, dude. Oh no. The right? bleeding, Iconic. the bleeding ass, man. Yeah, man. Iconic. So, cool. so yeah, Apache, I want to give a shout out to Apache comics. Let me tell you this. I, uh, while we, while we continue to stretch out the show, uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry, man. No, I no, no, no one. No apology. I'm just as, as mm. I continue to tack on stuff too. Well, um, it's just so important to me, dude, that we support our comic book oh, shops, yeah. man. It just is. Yeah. It just is so important. Yeah. Um, I tell you, I, I, I shared earlier that, uh, I helped my, help my folks, uh, clean out some of their storage. They have a storage unit in Houston. And a uh, uh, couple weeks ago, a few weeks ago, uh, Lauren and I went down there and they, you know, my mom ended up keeping uh, like just a, when they moved out of their house, uh, they kept just a bunch of, they put all of my stuff that I didn't take with me to college and um, beyond. Um, I, they kept and they just put they just put it all in boxes. They put my name on it, and they just put it in a storage shed and forgot about it. Um, and uh, I went back there a couple weeks ago. I got an entire my entire truck was filled with all of my old stuff. I can't tell you how much old like 
weird G.I. Joe, like knockoff G.I. Joe stuff was in there. They just boxed it up and threw it in the storage. They didn't was go it, through it was at it all. Was it the core? Was it the core? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I remember yeah. that. But I don't the core. The core. Yeah. Um, but yeah. yeah, I got some Ninja Turtle stuff in there. I don't know what's in there. I'll have to go through it. Um, but there was there was there was one box in particular um, that had the two best words uh, ever written on a box, and it was uh, comic books. And uh, and I tell you, when we got home, it's a three hour drive, right? So I got home, and when we got out of the truck, I grabbed one box. <laughs> Everything else just inside. stays in the truck. <laughs> you just leave Lauren in the Lauren, truck. You got and you're this, just baby. Like, you got this, baby. You got like a dust trail behind <laughs> she's you. Just, she's just pulling that stuff off the top of the truck. <laughs> so you, get, you got like a kayak Fight. up on the top of your truck. <laughs> but a canoe. Just a canoe. <laughs> <laughs> you got that ATV? Just get that ATV off of there, baby. You'd be all right. <laughs> So I got comics to look at. I got I got to go through this box, but I opened up that box, man, and the nostalgia flood oh, that I was able to. Because I talked it just, a lot you talking about it, man. I've talked a lot about it. the comics that I read as a kid, and I tell and I've told you, man. I was like, I told you, I've read comics before, and I'm just like, man, I remember going through these pages, and I don't know where they were from, but I remember that Walmart um, used to have these um, collected sets essentially and they'd be a grab bag of marvel dc image whatever and it would be like big on the front 32 dollars worth of comics for nine dollars and 99 cents and that's where i spent my allowance every time i got like allowance i went up to i went over there and grabbed one of those big collections and i there's there's packaging i still have the packaging of those collections um in there and it's you know it's it tells you whatever comics were in there and john going through woof man going through some of that stuff and just remembering reading that for the first time and this is like comics that i don't even recognize right now um and that aren't big comic flavors i can't wait to go through it as i go through it i will be taking video i'm actually going to do like an audio or i'm sorry i'm gonna do a video tour of that box uh it deserves its own little video tour and i think it'll be a lot of fun to go through um but i tell you the the two that i found that I've talked that we've talked about recently and I texted you a picture of these. I said, I didn't want to flood your phone with pictures, but there's two that just like almost brought me to just, I, I was chills when I was low and I found them. Um, but was the, 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 it was a printing of the Genesis storyline with, it was the classics. It was that classic cover of all the X-Men and Magneto, Jim Lee and, um, uh, uh, dead Who else wrote it? Chris, oh, Chris Claremont, Chris Claremont. It yeah, was, it was X-Men number one, X-Men, right? number, X-Men one. number one. And yeah. it was, it's that fold out, uh, the, the cover folds out into the full artwork, uh, front and back. And the pages are real nice, but it was from, you know, 1996 or 97, whenever that came out, um, oh, earlier than that, dude, that or, was yeah. like 92, 93. Yeah. yeah. So it was around best, that best time, selling comic book of later, all time years too. later. Um, yeah. and I got the good copy of it. I've, and, and what's really great is there's a foil cover copy of young blood number two. Uh, yep. and I remember as I opened up that book, I didn't realize it's so funny as you kind of read through some of these older comic books, I didn't realize that um, what I was reading at the time. 
and now when I open that up, I'm like, oh, this was, I, you know what I mean? It was like I had memories of scattered memories of reading comic books, not able to place them in what comic books they were, not having the point of reference I do now. So when I opened up that book, I'm like, this is Youngblood? I remember Youngblood. I remember everything about Youngblood. I'm hitting my mic. I remember everything about this book. This is great. And I, as I'm starting to go through it, I remember all the, I remember each panel. Um, oh man. I, uh, anyway, I'm gushing. So the, <laughs> the box I'm, I am super excited. I, I want to do like a little video tour of that box and just kind of show you, show everyone my, uh, actual, collection as a kid and they are tore up there's a lot of they don't even covers on them but i tell you each one of them is awesome and uh man i just so excited to find that box and have that box here that thank you for sharing that that is so amazing and it's definitely something that you don't get from a digital file nope it's just not the same it's not the same And, and we definitely do not want to dismiss that Oh, so easy, you know, nine o'clock at night purchase yeah. from Comixology or the Marvel app or the DC app or, you know, uh, the iBooks, wherever you buy your comic from digitally, it, it's tough to beat that super convenience. But I, I will tell you, Ryan, I will never have the same attachment to a digital book yeah, right. like I would you know, a Superman number 75 yeah, or a young blood number two or an X-Men number one, Yeah, you know, or a, a amazing Spider-Man number 300, Yeah, you know, uh, any of these just, you know, books where you're just like, Whoa, what? You know, just like just sparking the, yeah. uh, the imagination and the excitement. And it is that tangibility of the book. And if you haven't set foot, in your local comic book shop, if it's been a couple years, grab that smartphone, fire up your map app, type in comic book store and hit one up. Uh, We've gone super long. Let's leave, let's leave dark days, the forge until next week. Yeah. Sounds good. uh, Cause that way we can cover uh, both uh, episodes one and two. Um, So, We'll be looking forward to that, guys. One, and then the other name of it, Metal. It's, yeah, it's gonna be well, metal, metal is the right? series. Metal is the series. The forge, yeah. and it starts with a C. Uh, but the Conjuring. No, I no. don't know if it's called. The anyway, Conjuring. but they're both number. <laughs> apparently, they're both number ones. Yes. So we'll yeah. see kind of what that is and and how that ties into the world of DC. But it was the it was the we were talking about this just a couple of weeks ago as well. Just kind of giving a preview. Um, our assumption of how this how this storyline starts is was off i'll at least say that yeah um, we were off a little yeah bit, yeah with we thought it was because maybe, we hadn't read it yet it, it right. wasn't available yet so we were just completely speculating so on it. thinking that it was a continuation in the rebirth storyline it is not um a it is not like the next batman after the watchman uh after the button series ended it's not that batman um but there are implications uh, that are grander than just calling it a separate story. So I will, that's what I'll kind of leave it as a little mystery there. Yeah, I think that's a great way to put it. So, DC is referring it, referring to it as the dark, the, the dark DC multiverse yep. is what they're referring yeah, to yeah. it as. It will bleed into some rebirth um, 
aspects of the DC universe, right. though it is kind of encompassing the whole thing. Right. So yeah, we'll touch more on it uh, next time around. Guys, I know we went super long. We did have some technical issues, uh, so that's why it probably feels a little bit longer on our end, because we had a few minutes of where we were like, oh, hmm, nice, we weren't recording, or we stopped <laughs> recording. So yeah. <laughs> it wouldn't Yay. wouldn't be a reasonable fanboys without a hiccup or two, but uh, thank you guys. Uh, Ryan, where can they reach us at, and then we'll sign this off. Oh man, you guys know where you can reach us. We are on Twitter at RFBPC. You can find us on Facebook uh, at uh, Reasonable Fanboys, facebook.com slash Reasonable Fanboys. If you want to send us an email, we love reading emails um, from you guys. We love going through those and hearing your thoughts, especially when they get all fleshed out. Uh, ReasonableFanboys at gmail.com. So um, love to love to hear you. Love to, love to hear from you. And, and uh, man, we just look forward to talking with you and seeing these and talking about these comic movies. Absolutely. All right, guys. I am John Lemmings. I am Ryan O'Farrell, and this is Reasonable Fanboys. Have a great one. Bye.